Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Greg Romero Wilson. Hey, that's right. We got the new brand happening. Yeah. That was a tough transition for you. It was. Because you've known me for so long as the Greg Wilson, I, like almost 20 years. Don't get used to me calling you that. Uh, Greg Romero. <laughs> I'm uh, not. Exactly. Listen, every so many clubs still are like, can we still just use the the Greg Wilson thing? And I'm like, yes, that's right. I thought about going back to Adam Greenberg, but at this point I can't. And everyone's going to be like, well, well, why did Adam, like all, now he wants to be more Jewish? Or like, is that, like it's right, just, it, exactly. It's just going to work against me. You yeah. know, so at this point I'm like, I'm, people know me as Adam Hunter. And there doesn't seem to be any advantage to going back to Greenberg at this point. No, no. But then I got to answer people when they're always like, why did you go to Adam Hunter? And I got to be like, well, I, you know, which is a story. It was like, I was Adam Greenberg and then my dad was like very convincing to the, like, you need a stage name because he's very, he thinks the whole world's anti-Semitic and, and that people in Iowa aren't going to go see Adam Greenberg and this and that. He's not wrong entirely. Well, well, I think it was more back in the day. It was before this new wave of anti-Semitism, at least. <laughs> back in the day and then now again. Yeah, maybe. right. Yeah, and then all of a sudden now again, it's also true. And then I worked with kids who had cancer at the Ronald McDonald house. And there was a kid named Hunter that I became really good friends with. So I'm like, well, if I take his last name, and he went through like nine rounds of chemo, really sweet kid, then that'll remind me what's important every time I hear Hunter. That's great. That was why I did it. But it's then, a good story. Yeah, but then I got to like explain to people yeah. all the time. Remember that time that some, we were going somewhere and they booked the travel for you and they booked it as Adam Hunter instead of under Adam Greenberg? Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. had to go and like go through this whole thing with the airline, like explaining it, trying to get it back to your name. And then there was, a, yeah, there was another time where like, Back in the day, like I forgot my room key, and then this girl was gonna come home with me back to my place, and then, and then like the hotel didn't believe, <laughs> so they completely <laughs> cockblocked me. It was like it was that whole thing. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, but whatever. It probably saved me from getting a disease. Anyway, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Speedweed. Listen, people, marijuana in California is legal, and there's no reason you have to leave your house to do it. Okay, just get it delivered, and Speedweed has you covered. They have marijuana, they have edibles, they have CBD, they have marijuana beef jerky, they have THC sex lube. You name it, they have it. They will come to you. Mention Roasted for $10 off, orders of $100 or more, and they're great people. So I, I highly recommend them. Uh, so yes, definitely get Speedweed. Follow them at Speedweed. And, uh, and make your life easier and more convenient. Uh, that's, all, that's all I want. That's all I want to do is help. I want to help everybody. Uh, I had a crazy night last night. So my wife, you know, we have a new baby, obviously. Mm-hmm. And between the baby and, like, juggling the career and everything else, I haven't been giving her the attention that she deserves, according to her. Uh, <laughs> according to me. Uh, you know, I'm not going to disagree with her. Uh, well, you're not there, fucker. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> I'm trying my best, but... I could see how sometimes, you know, when she says to me, like, do you just care about MMA, wrestling, comedy, and the baby? And I, I don't want her to feel left out. I love her to death. She's yeah. the greatest thing that happened to me. I love her more than anything. So late yesterday, she was like, hey, there's a concert. I got free tickets for 98 Degrees tonight at the Wiltern, right? Uh, do you want to go? I have a show at the Dime Bar, which was, was last Monday night. We're just back to one night a week, by the way. Okay. Uh, so, so is it now just on Mondays or just on just Tuesdays? Just on Tuesdays. Okay. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll get someone to run it. I always take you to my concerts, whether it's, you know, 80s hair band nation right, or right. She puts 90s hip hop. 
You can put on, I go through this with my girl as well. We'll go to 98 Degrees. So I'm, I'm trying to listen to songs that I know that I'm over the, you know, they had a couple of good songs, you know. It's a, no, not really, I'm not really the biggest fan, but there was a couple, like the one song, sure. that I like, hardest thing I ever. Right. Anyway, so that was the big song. <laughs> I don't know any of them, but I'm going to agree with So them. we get there, and it's the 98 Degrees Christmas Spectacular. So they're just singing Christmas songs. Well, that's good. That's better. That's actually way better, right? I don't know. The only thing essentially at this point just an acapella group. Yeah, right. But at least, at least I know the Christmas songs, right? right? That's what I'm saying. But it's I was way better than their they were singing. Music. I'm dreaming of a white. I'm like I'm dreaming of getting the fuck out of this concert. You know, it was one of those things. Being there was the hardest thing I ever had to do. <laughs> I was like, there it is. Santa like, Claus is coming. I better be coming after this. Uh, but, but no, they were good. They were talented. Nick Lachey and his sure. and they they put a, but there was kids there screaming. Uh, you know about Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and they're like, "Oh, they, they did a couple of their hits." Which so is essentially, great. the moms who had been in love with them brought their kids. Brought the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Like essentially, the only way they could justify they probably bought the ticket for the husband, and then the last minute, the husband was like, "Hey, why don't you take the kid? Yeah, why don't you and the kid go? You have a good time. I'll just stay here, masturbate to internet porn, and watch some fights." Right. Right. So that or the football game that was like seventy five, which was unbelievable, was so great. Yeah, I, I like missed it because I was watching ninety eight degrees Christmas spectacular. You missed and, a hell of a game. And my wife's like, I didn't know that. It was the Christmas. Those was just them in concert. I go, let me see the ticket. Let me see the flyer. It said 98 degrees Christmas. <laughs> but it didn't say they're going to only sing Christmas songs. Right. Was, it just you said just it. figured it's their Christmas tour. No, Maybe I w- they mix them in, but... I would have figured that out if I had seen it. She's the one that was emailed to her. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was still fun. But it was free anyway, right? So it was free, yeah. and she had fun, and it's all that matters. And I, I had fun being with her. And my dad had to babysit the baby. Listen, of all the 98 Degrees shows, okay, the Christmas one is probably, you got lucky, my man. And they, they were put on a good show. So how were you doing? You got back from New York? Yeah, man. Woo! How was New York? It was crazy. It was a wild, true New York trip. And, you know, it was just great. I got to reconnect not just with so many people. But with New York comedy and what it's like to actually do comedy for the sake of being funny and, and actually have an audience there that's, that's there to, to enjoy comedy. And it was just all so genuine and real, you know, versus here, which seems all crazy and fake, you know? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, it's like, okay, here we are. We're all trying to impress these same three clubs, you know, maybe four if you include the haha. But really, people are all about the Laugh Factory and the improv and the comics, comedy store. And everyone's got to sit there and, and try and vie for the same spots. And they're all booking the same three people over and over again. And none of it matters. None of the comedy matters. None, it's all about who has a TV show right now, who got a special right now, who does, who does you know, Netflix or Three Arts or somebody believe in right now. So none of it has anything to do with actual comedy. Yeah, that's why I don't play that game. Being from, being a New, from New York, a New York comic, like... I don't get it. Like I go to the sometimes the comedy store or whatever, and I see all these comics sitting around talking. They're all sitting on walls, yeah. sitting on the fences, bullshitting, smoking weed. And I'm like, did you guys get up today? No, I'm just just showing face, just hanging out, yeah, hanging out. I'm like, I would rather be at a dispensary show doing yeah. comedy. I'd Absolutely. rather do a co- at a coffee house, yeah. working on my craft, yeah. than hanging out and just bullshitting. And I understand that there's a networking element of it, maybe. But I feel like that when it comes down to it, it's like, well, what are we doing this for? That's the thing. It? In New York, there's so many clubs, not to mention bar shows and coffee shop shows and Brooklyn shows, all these things happening. There's no time 
to just hang out yeah. and bullshit. You got to go to spot, which was so fucking great. So refreshing to just be like, I got to get out of here. I got another spot. Nope. Got to go. Got another spot. Got to go. Got to. And like the first night, oh my God. I, first of all, I lay and the weather was supposed to be fairly mild. Okay. And then the night before I'm about to leave, there was like chance of flurries. <laughs> For, for Wednesday, which I, I was like, ah, whatever. By the time I'm at the airport on Wednesday, it was Thursday was going to be a snowstorm. Wow. But it's too late. Well, I've s- already packed my 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 heavy heavier of the light jacket. Can you just snort all morning. the snow up? <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I tried. <laughs> right. So, uh, but we get so now I get there and a snowstorm starts, which I actually really enjoyed. I loved being in New York in the snow, but it really turned into a snowstorm right. that turned into a sleet storm. So everything was wet and mushy and everything. And of course, I don't have my shoe. My feet are getting all wet. And that's the thing about New York: you can't just run home and change shoes. You don't have shoes in a car. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to make a choice. Either half of your day is now wasted to go back home or you got to buy some fucking shoes. So I had to buy <laughs> a pair of snow boots because wow. I had no snow boots. And then I had to buy like heavier sweaters because I was going to buy heavier sweaters to buy another parka. And I already own a parka, which I should have brought, but didn't bring. Because again, originally up until the night before, it looked like it was going to be pretty mild. Right. You know? So... I ended up buying all this extra socks. I bought two sweaters. I bought because I kept freezing my ass off. Fuck. You know, I had to buy. I bought a snow hat. I bought a hat. You know, with that covers your ears and shit. So I bought all that stuff, which was fine. I loved it. I was having a ball, man. But here's what I really forgot. I forgot that in New York, it doesn't matter how wasted you get, you still have two trains. Six blocks to walk and four flights of stairs before you can relax. It doesn't matter how drunk you are, how oh. heavy your stuff you, is. You couldn't get into a cab? No, you can, but I mean, I was staying in Bay Ridge. That's a $65 oh. cab ride from the city. Who okay? are you staying with? I was staying with Joe Handley. So, because he's got a big place. I have my own room there. Oh, you wow. know? It's not like sleeping. And Joe, and, and somebody, Damien, so Marco goes, are you kidding me? Fuck that. Do you want to just crash on my couch? I'm like, you have two young children. <laughs> I'm not sleeping on your couch with children. That's around. the only problem. When everyone's like, when you come back to New York, my biggest issue is that like when I go to you know Ohio or where Florida, they put me up in a hotel. Yeah. I'm in a hotel the whole week. In New York, you're staying on couches. Right. And I hate staying on people's couches. So I can't do it anymore. I'm too old. My back can't take it. And I need some privacy. I just I need privacy. I'm not gonna be just laying out in front of people. No, not gonna happen. So Joey, uh, Joe Hanley has a three-bedroom uh, apartment in Bay Ridge. It's a big-ass apartment, like 3,000 square feet. I used to do Gladys's with him, by the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He, we've known him forever. Yeah. And so he lets me have one of the rooms. He let me have it for free, you know? I mean, we're very close friends. So, you know, he let me stay there because he Airbnbs these rooms out normally when his kids aren't in town. How's he doing comedy-wise, I guess? So comedy-wise, he actually just got back into comedy like a year ago, right? Yeah. And... Uh, okay, so apparently, oh, I don't know if I could talk about it. Well, I'll tell you off the air. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, here was the strangest thing about the whole trip, though. Right. I can't tell you how many guys I saw that were still essentially doing the same jokes Ooh. from 12 years ago. Ooh. And these are good guys, really talented, you know, good guys that are pretty far up the ladder. And I'm like, wow. Well, that's the thing about New York, though, audiences. A lot of times it's tourists that come to the shows. Right. So you can get away with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was surprised. And that, I'm talking a lot of people. Yeah. I found that, like, in New York, when I was in New York, I had a much, I had a really tight 20 minutes. Yeah. But in LA, when you 
go headline, you have to have a tight 45. Yeah. Like, I thought I could headline when I was... Well, there's definitely no... I mean, yeah, I guess you probably still have some of those 20 jokes from that set. I, I do a lot of one-liners, so yeah, like a yeah. joke or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of just something that builds like a catalog. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, I hate that when people watch my comedy on YouTube and go, oh, you did that joke six... I'm like, no, I just didn't put the new ones on fucking YouTube yet. You know, yeah. like, 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 uh, give That's me the a... They want you to put everything on YouTube. Yeah, so you can like, watch... Well, it. then nothing's going to be a fucking surprise when you come see me at the club. Yeah. You know, people are like, you got to put a lot more shit on YouTube. And I do. But I do, it always comes down to, do I want them to already see this joke before I show up in their town to do this joke? Yeah, I know. And then you're like, well, I'm playing for people that, that haven't seen it. It's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's weird, especially if you're a joke writer versus like a storyteller. You yeah. know, a lot of times. Well, it's still just as bad of a storyteller because once that story's on the YouTube, on yeah. YouTube, now that story's burned. Yeah. Now the second you launch it, they're like, oh, this is that story about, you know, I mean, they know it. I, I did and a show. comedy is based on surprise. One of its biggest elements is surprise. And you take that element away and you lose a lot. No, so like I did a cruise ship recently and like you have to do five, you have to do three different 30 minute shows. Right. And then you do. People come back. So the other comics are like, I have five different 30-minute shows. You're like, oh, okay. But a lot of times their shows are stretched out. Like they're doing other, like a dance contest or something. Sure, or right. Some they're of them are telling, or like, like singing songs or something. Sure. But people get really annoyed when they go, oh, I saw this, this show yesterday. So like I'm working on getting f like another 30-minute, like just, because I have two, I have an hour and a half of material. I'm more than, I have two hours of material, but I have to get two and a half hours. Yeah. Which is fucking a lot. Anyway, a lot. Uh, I did a show on Sunday at, at a, uh, Apartment complex. This guy books apartment shows, like yes, in, like yes, in lounges. Yes, yes. They're actually good shows. Yeah, they're yeah. funny though. But no, it was he recently like, signed me up too. I'm just like fuck it. I'm like tomorrow I'm doing the elevator, uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then I'm doing the parking garage, and then I'm just gonna like you know call you up on the phone just telling you jokes. It was essentially that, but it was good. It was yeah. actually a fun thing. And then the Friday was good. I did a show recently where like it was a big club. I'm not gonna say the club, but this host comes on. And he sits down on the stage off the bat, which I'm like, really? Like, people are like spending $35 to come to the show and you're sitting on the stool. I don't understand if you're like a big overweight person. Right, or, I was going to say some guys that kind of have to. No. And then he's like, within three minutes, he goes, what do you guys want to talk about? Oy. I'm like, really, bro? Yeah. Really? That's the, I don't feel like trying. I don't want to do my jokes, which I kind of understand that that happens a lot. Like, but I, but to turn the odds and be like, what do you want to talk about? That to me, that, that is being lazy. They just came to see you yeah. and all these other, it's like these hosts that I used to work with that were like, I, I actually, I talked to Tom Driesen recently and Tom Driesen's, you know, a legend in comedy. Then the Tonight Show 50 times and Letterman 65 times. Sure. Tour with Frank Sinatra. Yes. And he's like, Guy is he, a legend. And he's like, as a host, you want to make it seem like it's a special occasion that these people are here. Yeah. But I've had other hosts, a guy at the Ha Ha I used to work with that was like, he would never give people credits. He goes, they don't know you. Fuck it. I'm like, no, just because you don't have credits doesn't mean that you don't have to give our credits. Right. He exactly. would just bring you Some up. Some of our red credits count. Yeah. They're Ed. good credit. Like for you, you want to mention that you've been on the Tonight Show twice. This is an important yeah. fucking thing to mention. Anyway, do you watch the fights on Saturday? I watched some of them. All right, let's talk about that. So, Pons and EBO, Neil Magny. What? Can we pause? What's up? I got to go pee. All right. Can All we right. pause for one second? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll pause. All right. So, Pons and EBO, Neil Magny. That fight. Pons and EBO. Pons and EBO, isn't it? Pons and EBO? I think it's. I thought it was not Pons and EBO. I think it's Ponzinibbio, but maybe you're right. But it looked like Magni just got hit once and was like, I want, like, he looked like he was never in that fight. 
Oh, I thought he. I think it was just that leg kick thing. You know, I mean, that just disabled him so fast. I don't know, man. It looked like he got hit a couple times. And he was like, uh, man, this maybe I. It's just like he lost confidence early and was like playing defense the whole time, backing up and being chased around. Because the leg got hurt early. I mean, which was surprising. It didn't look like enough to hurt the leg that fast. But the second, from the second, maybe even the first one, he started limping around, which maybe it had been a little damaged from, from, uh, from his camp, you know, from, and so he just hit on it and it just immediately, because, but he was dead, that leg, it was that lower leg, which you have to admit, it seemed like on that card, there were a lot more lower leg kicks than you're used to. <laughs> like usually leg kicks are up more around the thigh, but everyone was going for the calf and it seemed to be incredibly effective. I don't know. I just seemed like it was a matter of time from, from the f- 10 seconds in, I was like, it's a matter of time where this guy gets knocked out. And I'm yeah. like, I'm, oh, look, and I've seen a guy back up, back up, and catch a guy coming in yeah. and hurt that guy. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, that was a great you know, check hook or counter. Right. But, man, I mean, I'm watching a fight with someone else. It's in round one. I'm like, it's only a matter of time. This, is, this dude is going to get knocked out, and it's going to be ugly. And then, See, I didn't feel that way because, one, he still had the reach advantage. And, two, I mean, we've He seen, wasn't using it. He was backing up against the cage. Well, that's because he couldn't lean on that front leg from the, from the beginning of the front round, first round on. But we've seen him survive such incredible damage You're before 1, in the Hector correct. Lombard yes. fight. Like, and the, the commentators even mentioned that fight. I'm sitting there thinking it like, but I've seen him come back from worse. And they were like, we've seen it. We've seen him. And then. And so it was seemed like it was still possible, but Ponzo Nabibio, he seemed he was free. And it also seemed like the crowd had been saving all of their energy for that fight. Well, because he's from there. Totally. But that's what I'm saying. Like all the other fights, they were so fucking quiet. You could hear the, all the coaching from the sides. Like yeah. the audience was, they would applaud and stuff like that. But I mean, it was like they were just saving it for that fight. Well, and for that fight, I mean, I'll give wild. you this. He's never out of a fight. Neil Magny's a guy that you want to go to war with. But if you're, uh, if you need someone to, uh, you know, have yeah. your back in battle, but it just seemed like it was only a matter of time. I'm watching that fight going, it's only a matter of time before he gets knocked out. And that's and yet what it happened. And it went on for quite some time after that. Because he could take a punch. The, guy, the guy's got some chin. He's tough he as fuck. One, although I think it might have been in a headbutt that he cut the guy's eye. But, I mean, th- that was crazy. I felt bad for Elkins. I like Elkins. I do comedy with his wife. Th- now, that's uh, a guy... That I was like, oh, this is going to be over before. Really? Because you know? yeah. Elkins is a guy, like, you watch the Michael Johnson fight, he came back in the second. He's a guy who's never out of a fight. We're talking about the same exact dynamic. Yeah. We're talking about the exact same we're dynamic. We're talking about heart and For and one chin. guy, you said it wasn't, but we're just on different, because for me, the Darren thing, getting but he wasn't, over but the But Darren guy, wasn't backing up, like, and like, but, like, but Darren wasn't backing up, and the other guy, Lamas wasn't headhunting. But, but Lamas was absolutely not taking damage, and damage was taking all the damage. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was pretty lopsided to me from the get-go, and I didn't even ever really, I mean, I appreciate uh, Elkin's heart, and he was coming at him, and he was still fighting him. I mean, he was still moving forward, but at the end of the day, he wasn't connecting that much and the other guy was really just, just well elkins taking him apart elkins has amazing wrestling unfortunately Lamas does too uh they both i think have college wrestling and uh they're both super tough guys Lamas looked fantastic he did he did look fantastic um also on that card i'll tell you johnny walker against khalil roundtree that was insane Dude, I mean, Johnny Walker. Have you seen him before? No, I've never seen him before either. And I, first of all, when he started like joking at the beginning, doing yeah. like taunting him with the "Ooh, you kicked my leg," I was like, "This is exactly what a new guy does before he gets knocked the fuck out." 
This I was like, this dumbass is showboating. He ain't earned nothing. He doesn't know who he's up against. This guy's a veteran. This is exactly the kind of showboating that gets you knocked the fuck out. That's what I'm thinking at that point. Yeah, I was not thinking that. I was thinking that if he did get knocked out, it would definitely be on one of those like when fighters taunting goes wrong. Totally, exactly. It was definitely one of those things. Um, but he knew what he was doing. Oh. I mean, Khalil Roundtree is a is a great fighter, a great yeah. striker too. I yeah. mean, primarily known for his striking. And this dude's elbow, I mean, he's going to be a tough out for anybody. And you could hear it throughout the arena. Like, I, I'm watching it on, on my iPad, right? And Summer's sitting next to me. She's not watching it. She's doing her thing. And he connected so hard, she goes, ooh, that sounded bad. That was that was fun. That, that was that second elbow that put him out. It's like when I was at, that I was at the, was so loud. Reminds me of when I was at the Overeem Hunt fight. Yeah. It was just sort of a boring fight until Overeem connected with this knee that right. just Hunt, like, just woke up yesterday from. And <laughs> and the whole arena is just like, oh, and yeah. I, I look at my wife and I'm like, did you see that? And she's ordering dresses from China. <laughs> I'm like, and then I got mad. I'm like, babe, if you're not going to watch the fights, there are so many people I can take that would rather be here. And I'm, I, I understand. Right. And then next thing I said, like, okay. And she goes, I love this fight. And it hadn't even started yet. I was like, <laughs> I was like, come on, babe. What, what are we doing the here? The Neil Magny knockout when he got knocked out. Like, it was uh, such, I mean, because he went face first into the campus, into the canvas, like out cold, I had to show Summer. I was like, Summer, you got to see, because she likes the really good knockouts. So I was like, you got, you got you to gotta see this. This was pretty amazing. It was like I mean, Rocky I mean, Four when yeah, Apollo totally. hit Creed. I mean, hit, uh, yeah, Creed. Yeah. And just douche. Yeah. Other, are you, you going to see the, the new Creed? Of course. Creed I've won't. seen all the rest. Why would I stop now? You know what's funny? I even liked Rocky Five. People, I actually like Rocky Five. I would say better than Rocky Two, like in some oh, ways. You're out of your mind. No, I, the way I think oh it goes. Four was my favorite. Four was against the Russian. Number three versus Mister T. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Me, that, was, that was my second. To me, it goes four, one, three, and then. Two and five. Two, he spent so much time in the hospital. He spent like 30 minutes in the hospital. Yeah, but he wins. Yeah, I know, but he's, it was like too much in the hospital. Like they, I don't know. I, I, and then, and then Rock, I don't know, Rocky Balboa was, was good. Rocky Balboa was not bad. But everyone, the thing about Rocky Three, when you watch it now, you realize how little script he actually wrote. They have like 17 minute montages in that of him just like driving his car and thinking about I mean, I mean, there is so much filler in Rocky Three. I didn't realize, but I watched it again recently, and I was like, they wrote like 10 pages but of But Mr. Script. T was the best in that. That's it. But Mr. T's so great in it. Yeah. That you want this fight to happen so bad. I like it when he tells Adrian, come, come, come go with a real man. You want a real man like this. Yeah, yeah. Right. Come on to my house later. I'll show you a real man, treat you right. Like, come on! Oh my God! What if she would have? if she would have went with him? But Rocky, how funny! Oh. <laughs> they really, that would have been a much more modern drama. She's you have like to remember later. the original Rocky won Best Picture of the Year. It was the one was good. I thought two was a little slow, but five was good. Except the fight didn't happen in the ring. Right. That was it. That was the problem right. with five. Yeah. Like if he would have actually fought Tommy Gunn in That's the what ring. About Tommy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tommy getting A's didn't help either. That didn't help at all. No, no. Kinda, yeah, he didn't handle fame, fame well at all. <laughs> no, he was like Fame's Harry. A tough drug, you ever you, see, you ever watch the thirty for thirty on Tommy Morrison? No. Oh, if you have an hour to kill this dude, he was like a gypsy. Him and his family would they pull him out of high school and they just walked around the high schools fighting people. Him and his brothers and dad. 
And then, like, when he became, like, famous, <laughs> like, he had, like... They're from Oklahoma, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and he was banging, like, 20 girls a week, or, like, yeah. he was married to two different people at the same time. Yeah. I mean, he just... Like was, I said, he did not handle fame well at all. But he was a good fighter. Like, he yeah. beat George Foreman in real life. Yeah. The same George Foreman that knocked out Michael Moore afterwards. Like, he beat Foreman. He beat some good guys. Yeah. His fights with, uh... I forgot who he fought. Somebody that was, like, a really, really good... Fight. A guy that Tyson beat. One of the one of the Tyson's guys, the, which one, Mitch Green? Uh, I think R- Razor Ruddick. Razor Ruddick. Those were good fights. Yeah. Like Tommy Gunn, who actually had a, a was a good fighter. Yeah, but uh, no, he had a chance of really being something. But yeah, he he. And yeah. then he was in denial that he had HIV, and like, because we're, we're we're really fucked up people with HIV. Like even like Charlie Sheen, like where'd he go? Yeah. Remember, like once people get AIDS, everyone's well, just hopefully like, somewhere you know convalescing <laughs> and spending time with his children. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, anyway. Well, I digress. What were we talking about? The fights. I'll tell you who I was happy for. Cynthia Cavillo. Yeah. Took her down. These are literally the only fights I saw, by the way, were these ones and then the Cynthia fight because I wanted to see that. And, and she did. She took her down. And I remember, and the girl tapped and he didn't stop the fight. Yeah. And then she went to like an emergency tap and then he fought. I mean, she got that hook in there so good. Woo. That She's been on the podcast over. for us. She had a tough, she got suspended for marijuana for like a year. Bullshit. I mean, people are literally smoking pot now oh, Sean O'Malley shit. is smoking pot on camera yeah and the Diaz brothers on camera smoking weed half these guys have THC and weed sponsorships and, yeah, and, well, and one, CBD it's sponsorships not, it's, it's not a performance enhancing drug you know and it is a pen, pain medication she really got fucked I and mean they it, should really take this off of their ban list of substances especially if you live in a state where it's legal and she really got zero she's a girl with zero she didn't come from any wrestling background right she joined a gym because she got mad at her boyfriend for cheating on her. Right. And now she's like number, you know, and she's killing people. She looked great. And, you know, that other girl looked a lot bigger than her, the Brazilian girl. She yeah. looked a lot, and Brazilian. So yeah. I was just like, ooh, this is dangerous. She was the underdog. Yeah. I don't know why. She she lost one fight to Carlos Barza, which you could argue she won. Uh, I don't know what people are sleeping on Cynthia Cavillo. And she's actually, you ever hang out with her? She's a pretty attractive girl. Very attractive. Like, not yet, but uh, uh, but anyway. she seemed uh, you very, know what very I mean. Very attractive, not pretty. What was she screaming when she was walking around the ring afterwards? Like I don't know. She was, it was happy. something like "What now?" or something like that. I like her attitude. Listen, me too, or or how about that or something. She just kept screaming. I was listen. She was a good winner, just a good fight, and I was proud of her. So in Bellator the night before from Israel, right? You watched that? And I had watched. Unfortunately, that was all I had time. for. A couple of good fights. Pitbull won his fight. It was a good. It was actually a really good fight. Phil Davis lost. Uh, which was crazy. First of all, he was, under, he was like the, not even the main event. They had right. Ryan Couture as the co-main event, not Phil Davis, which makes no sense. Baffling. And then it was a fight where you could argue he won. It was, the first round was close. He lost the second, clearly won the third, but he was using his, his striking the whole time. Uh-huh. And he's a NCAA champion wrestler. Right, right. Now, the guy he fought was a two-time like Sambo world champion. But still, in the third round, Phil showed how easy it was for him to take him down. And the announcer's like, why did he not do this earlier? But it was just like, ugh. Phil Davis, almost all of his losses except for Anthony Johnston and Rashad Evans, you could argue he won. I thought he won both against Bader. And uh, it was bullshit. It was fucking bullshit. But in this fight, I thought he won too. I don't know. I feel bad for him. I like Phil Davis. Was this part of the tournament? To the no. He's not oh, in, okay. But and then Ryan Couture, he fought some guy Hayim, who uh, uh, from Israel. Yeah. Uh, who Ryan already beat, and then he beat him again. Uh, I, 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 Great I, television. I, I texted him, <laughs> quit, quit beating up my people. <laughs> but they keep calling him out. They were they were in uh, Israel. Yeah. 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 So uh, so Khabib's dad said that Connor might box Khabib. 
They might set it up as a boxing match. Why not play checkers and chess and connect four? Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This isn't Floyd Mayweather. You're both MMA fighters. You have to fight MMA again. What is, is, is he just trying to take away one of his, so he can't take him down again? I, I don't know. I mean, that no, makes no, no Khabib, sense. It's Khabib's dad, not Connor's dad. Khabib's dad wants this fight in boxing. Right. He but goes, is he saying like, does he want to do it just to prove that, he that he's better at boxing? In yeah, fashion. in anything. <laughs> Just insanity. <laughs> Let's have thumb wrestling. So, exactly. What are we doing here? What are we doing just here? Thumb war. Yeah, that's it. Uh, unfortunately, Paige Van Zant, Rachel Osovich fights off. It was a two of the most attractive. Oh, women. Ra- this, Rachel's this is a big seller for them. Supposedly, Rachel's husband, uh, domestic violence. Jeez. Put her. He's a fighter. Put her in the hospital. So. Uh, oh my god. I, I texted Rachel. I reached out to her. She, te- she reached back back. She was very sweet. Well, please get Hope better. Okay. You, you deserve better than that. Hopefully, feel better. Feel better. Yeah, and Rachel's. I mean, she's from a fighting family. Her dad's a fighter. Yeah. Her brothers are fighters. Like that dude, uh, her husband better be on a. I was about to say, well, they're probably going to take up for her, so he better, you better be careful. Yeah, you know, you mess with a girl like that, you mess with her family. I mean, that's dangerous business. And they're Hawaiians. Oh, forget it. Oh my God, that's a. Those are prideful people. They're that family's going to come for him. Yeah, we're going to see it. It's going to be in the news. Yeah, they're going to come for him. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if the cops don't come for him first, yeah. Right. Exactly. If he like jail would actually might save him. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Broner is fighting Manny Pacquiao. She, you know, you know, Adrian Broner is always in trouble. Yeah, should be a good fight. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to see it. And then Fifty Cent said, "Broner, Manny Pacquiao's what? He's about 53, 54 now." Congressman, he's like. Excuse <laughs> uh, so me, Pacquiao though. I used to watch him. Now train. those two should compete in something other than they should compete in a karaoke contest. Okay, something something more age appropriate. Adrian, I remember watching Pacquiao back in the day, and he was killing everyone at the gym. This is like yeah. Morales, Barrera, Pacquiao, and he was like supposedly they were saying at the gym he was doing drugs, he was had mistresses and girlfriends and out of control, and he was killing everyone. And then he found Jesus and started losing. Uh, so I guess maybe <laughs> maybe well, that shows you sometimes you mess with the winning formula. Yeah, right? Exactly. Apparently, that was the fuel that made the machine work. And then they're like, Broner is like, that's like when somebody gets sober. Oh, yeah. You know, and then gets cancer. And it's like, maybe you should have just stayed on drugs. You know, maybe that was what was actually keeping you together. Or their music sucks after they get sober. Exactly. They just, yeah. they like, I have nothing to struggle against. I'm just sober and feel pretty good now. We've com- so, uh, seen comics that have no comedy. They were yeah. funnier and they were on drugs. Yeah, no, that's true. That Unf- happens. Unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, so. But and these Bro- are just jokes, people. We're but, just- but, but Broner, like, um, you know, he, yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not telling anyone to do drugs. Obviously, it's better to get sober. So Broner, like, <laughs> how many chances is this guy going to get? Like, he's this always getting arrested. He was, he was going down on girls in strip clubs, which is not illegal, but he was always like, getting into fights yeah, actually and it is. getting arrested. I mean, he's always, I mean, and then he's now getting this fight. I think he lost his last fight, or maybe he barely won. Yeah. but Well, he may be the only guy willing to take it. Well, Mayweather is promoting it. Maybe, I mean, Mayweather knows. Yeah. And then Mayweather now says that fight against the Asian kid. Yeah. Remember, he's supposed to fight that Asian kid that, like, the guy's 21 and 0, 21 right, and 0. Right, right, right. It's supposed and to be like he, a billion dollars. But then he realized that it wasn't, it was MMA or kickboxing. And he's like, no. Well, now he says the fight's off. Now he says the fight's back on, but it's just in boxing. Right. I Which mean, it was to begin with. No, it was supposed to be like anything. Go- it was like MMA. Oh. And then, but he didn't know that. 
And, and and then now he's like, but now he he's how did he not know that? It's his company. He's the guy that approves everything. No, I think it was like these like rich people from the Middle East were offering him fight for it, according to him as an exhibition boxing match. And then next Ryzen, next thing you know, it's like he's at a press conference against this guy in MMA, and he's going to do it. And he's like, fuck this, I'm out. But now he's saying no. Everyone's calling him a pussy, so now he's back in. But it's just but boxing, it's a boxing match. Boxing right. match. He was like, no, I'm back in. Well, that's smart. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I think I think Florida's proven that nobody can beat him in boxing. Yes, that's why it's smart. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid for him to go in there and get beat in MMA. He because one, he's too old to want to retrain. Yeah, you know, he's made too much money to want to retrain. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he'll take your like he wants to be retired, but if you're going to give him a hundred million dollars, he'll take it. But not. Well, in I think MMA. the guy's a kickboxer, not an MMA guy. So the guy said no kicking. Now I think yeah. the guy was a kick. He said no kicking. Yeah. Which is fine. That's exactly why would he agree to anything else? He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. But he should know what he's getting into in the, in the first place. Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous that he didn't realize it was a kickboxing match. So this week, uh, this Saturday, although night, you know they say he's not a great reader, <laughs> so maybe he just saw the boxing part and was like, "That looks right." I say at the time the story that I, when I, I I met him at Mel's Diner, Mayweather. No. It was like before he fought like Ricky Hatton and like it was like he was still like the champ of the world, but he wasn't like. Money Mayweather. You know, he was still big, but he wasn't... Right, right. He wasn't quite the... So I saw him eating at, at Mel's Diner. Yeah. So one other guy. I'm like, oh, you're Mayweather. He's like, yeah. And, I, and I'm like, oh, you think you can beat? And I named like 10 guys. He's like, oh, kill that guy. Are you kidding? Like, he was getting annoyed with me. Yeah. And then when he saw that I was kind of like disappointed by him getting annoyed with me, he's like, man, you're my man. And then he gave me a big hug. And uh, like, he was... Nice. Yeah, he seemed like a real kind of a sweet guy, to be honest. Uh, I guess unless you're a baby mama. Anyway, so here we go. <laughs> The upcoming fight. So, Saturday night, there's two fights coming up. First is uh, two promotions. Golden Boy MMA, Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz 3. And this is like their big foray into MMA, right? <laughs> like, they just invented their own MMA division. No, right? it's Golden Boy. That's what uh, I'm saying. Golden Boy, they're a boxing promoter. De La Hoya. Right. So, this is, isn't this their first major yes. MMA event? Like yes. This is their first foray into major MMA promotion. Yes. And they're starting with two dinosaurs. It's going to air on Blockbuster Video. This is ba- they're basically doing what Bellator... And when you're taking the bones left over by Bellator... <laughs> Bellator is now like the youth league compared to these guys. This is... I mean, oh this is crazy. God. And what's crazy, I heard him on a radio go, I'm, I'm looking to like discover the next big thing. I'm like... Well, why are you doing it with Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz 3? Because no one's going to buy unknown names. These, and that's the thing. When it comes to promotion, they just need names. Yeah, but you know? this, I mean... But, these, but I don't think they realize how warmed over these names well, are. Well, the thing is, is that it looks like Chuck Liddell can barely walk. Like, he may need, like, a... Right. Like, like a, one of those scooters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not, and not like the Razor scooter. No. More like the ones you get at Walmart. Yeah. When they, you're, like, 385 pounds. They have the basket. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, he may yeah. have that. <laughs> And then, there won't be stairs to the to the ring. There'll just be a ramp. I mean, he's gonna have like a like a like a maid with him, like one of those like like a like a, a nurse. Yeah, walk him to the. Yeah, well, someone's so, gotta you know pull the oxygen tank. So I think Tito's gonna kill him. Like I do, just by virtue of being healthier, just by making it to the cage, <laughs> <laughs> by virtue of being able to walk still. Yeah. yeah. So they're fighting. Uh, and then Tom Lawler, who got banned from the UFC, for, I think for steroids, but I think he didn't know it. And I believe him. Yeah. He's fighting a guy named... Haven't you had him on the podcast a few times? I haven't had Tom Lawler, okay. but I like him. He's fighting Darren Wynn, who's 3-0. and I don't know who that guy is. He's one of those guys that has like a shadow yeah. on MMA Junkie. Sweet. Uh, and then 
um, Gleason Tebow. He's been around forever. Uh, forever. Pretty he used to be a real monster. He was one of those guys that you would look at and you're like, roids. Yeah, how did this guy make 155? Right, like, I mean, veins popping out of his neck, his eyes bulging red. You're like, I feel like he maybe he's on the, maybe he's on the juice. So he's fighting Efren Escudero, who won the Ultimate Fighter back in the day. He's been in the UFC like three times already. Um, and to, back to the Glayson thing, back when he was doing it, though, when he was in it, when it was like allowed. Like everyone was juicing. It's not like he was the only well, one. Well, I think it was TRT was allowed. Yeah, but something. Everyone but was getting exceptions for the, which is like, okay, you're a fighter, but you lack testosterone. Like just the under. Yeah, so many of them lack testosterone. That's <laughs> what people say when they run into him all the time in bars and stuff. They're like, this guy lacks testosterone. <laughs> Yeah, like that's the thing. Yeah, it's like it's like being a porn star who lacks herpes. (laughs) Good luck, find that. Yeah, it just comes with it, right? So, and then Willow Watson, who says he's eleven and six, is fighting Ricardo Palacios. I don't know if MMA Junkie just didn't update it, but he's fighting guy one and zero. That doesn't seem like that makes any sense. Um, And then Tom Galicia. How does that not make sense? A guy can be one and zero, but they here's what it means. It means he's had one professional fight. And he won it. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know who, who's going <laughs> to sanction that. Like 11 and 6 versus 1 and 0. Like, that's usually, well, who's sanctioning Tuchuk versus Tito? Yeah, like, uh, exactly. Is anyone sanctioning these at all? Maybe they're just putting them in there and they're like, listen, guys, good luck. <laughs> it really is. Like, wasn't it a movie with, like, the Nero like, fought Stallone or something? Wasn't there that? Yeah, yeah. Like, old, yeah, the old man fight. Yeah. yeah what, what was, was that? Yeah, it was uh, uh, Last Rites. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the iron will what, what prayer was? before burial <laughs> final meal yeah last uh, meal yeah so and then tom galicchio our boy toothless tom yeah yeah he's fighting jason manley this is an interesting fight manley is a guy who's been like training with the diaz brothers he's been ellenberger's jiu-jitsu coach like he's a really good at grappling and he's fighting toothless tom uh, so this is actually a fight I'm looking forward to the most. Actually, sure, it's like a classic bum fight. And then, no, he's not a bum. I'm Tom just, was no, in the UFC. About when you were... No, Tom. Do you remember like, bum fights? Yeah, but this is not. He's not a bum. It feels like it is. No, not know, that he's a bum. Just that, like, it's you know, isn't he kind of old? Tom, he does comedy now. We do comedy together. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like when you've moved on to the comedy part of your career, okay. They're dragging you out like two homeless people to fight each other. Like, here you go, guys. But you got a little juice left in you. Fight each other. The toothless guy and the... Co- this is not, I stick by my bum reference. And then Johnny Cisneros, who i seen... I'm not calling him a bum. I'm comparing it to bum fights. It's fighting David Terrell. David, I know, because he got into a street fight with Tito Ortiz. And we actually had him on the podcast. And I thought he was a, a guy... Another guy named David Terrell. I had the wrong David Terrell. I'm like, hey, what, what, you, you know, you knocked out this guy in in six seconds. Uh, Matt, you know, Matt, oh, I forgot who he knocked out. Somebody really good, Matt Lindland. And he's like, oh, that, that was another David Terrell. <laughs> I thought it was like <laughs> I had the wrong David Terrell on the podcast. But anyway, Whoops. so um, yeah, that's Golden Boy. And then UFC Ultimate Fighter. Uh, no, no, UFC Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, motherfucker from China. It's starting at 6.30 in the morning. Versus Francis Ngannou, right? So 3.30 a.m. on Friday night against Francis Ngannou. Uh, Ngannou won the... This is one of those on Fight Pass? On Fight Pass. I hate all this Fight Pass. You have Fight Pass? No. Why? It's like like $10 a month. It's like $10 a month, though. But there's actually good. There's contenders on it, and like this. I know. Listen, I know. I should just get it. A lot of time. I don't know. I, I hear you, but uh, there's a lot. Why of, can't I, they just put that? You on, spend ten dollars on a lot worse things. Put than that Fight on Pat. FS1. 
so I can record it and enjoy it. They should. I mean, you got to think at 3.30 in the morning, they probably get better ratings. And I mean, then, I, then the fucking, yeah, Ginsu knife commercial. <laughs> so Francis Ngannou versus Curtis Blades. Now listen, everybody's hopping off the Ngannou bandwagon because of the Stipe fight and because of the last fight against the Black Beast yeah. when that was just bad. He got pretty dominated. And Curtis Blades, I was hired. Curtis Blades! He's a great wrestler, beats a lot of dudes. <sighs> I'm not sleeping on Engano next. The only thing that's problem is that every one of his coaches say he's hard to coach. That he doesn't listen. Who, or his, ego, his ego's too big. When I met him, he was super fucking cool. Yeah. I, thought, I made fun of him at my Well, maybe two show. losses will bring him back down a couple notches. Yeah, and he hits so fucking hard. Yeah. He could hurt Engano. I'm a Curtis Blades. I have Blades. to say, when I saw the matchup, I'm like, this is dangerous for Blades. Because Curtis is on the way up. Yeah. Right? And he's looking good. So he's all confident. So Nganu's on the way down, and then they have this incredible travel to Beijing, which I'm sure Nganu is probably more used to that kind of international travel than Blades. I mean, has Blades ever had to fight this But he fights out of Colorado him? and the high altitude. Yeah, so, but well, I mean, travel's a big deal, you know? I mean, look, the, the, I think the smart money's on Curtis Blades, where they are in their career. And, I'm just saying it is a dangerous fight for and this dude more dangerous than people think. And one punch can change anything. Absolutely. I, and who has that kind of power? Nganu. I mean, he's and, still got it. I just MMA fans are so funny. They just jump off the bandwagon so quickly. Oh, totally. But get, that's the thing, though. But go ahead and ask me who I think is going to win. Who's going to win? Curse Blaze, motherfucker! Uh, so, All-Star Overeem is taking on Sergei Pavlovich. I don't know who this guy is, but he's 10 and out. And he looks like a monster. Um, but Listen, o- I got to tell you, because the fact that Overeem has an amazing ability to, to lose <laughs> out of nowhere... <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm going to go with the 10-0 guy, even though I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. I know this is the, exactly the kind of fight that Overeem shows up and loses. Uh, what are you talking about? Loses out of nowhere? Yeah. He gets knocked out. He gets fucking put out. He yeah. does always look like he's winning. and then Yes. But he's still got 43 wins on his record. That's what I'm saying. But that's why he loses out of nowhere. He's got so much built-up damage on him, he can be knocked out. And it's always surprising when it happens. Here's the problem. Is so that, the I, problem is that he me, needs to I'm go, going with the 10 and 0 guy. He needs to go to Ryzen where they just let him take steroids again. Yeah. Because when he went overeem on Juice, the overeem versus Brock Lesnar, yeah. it was unbeatable. Solid overeem. Yeah, yeah, solid. Just let these guys. Did you see that new KSW fight that's happening? <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 all right. So KSW, PFL, RZM. <laughs> Everybody's have your own fight. So that, you so, know what? We're starting the team roasted fight league. So, We're going to start promoting fights. Why not? Everyone so else. KSW, which is in Poland. Uh, it used to of be. Of course. The <laughs> homeland of all legitimate sports. Joe McCorkle fought. He fought uh, Marius Pujanowski there. He went one on one. I like McCorkle. Against the world's strongest man. Remember the world's strongest man? Yeah. He beat him, and then it was one of the funniest things. After he goes, I am now the world's strongest man. <laughs> and then the next he, fight they had at the press conference, he wore a t shirt. With the guy's name on him, a yeah. picture on it. And they're like, why are you wearing your opponent's T-shirt? He goes, to remind myself who the second strongest man in the world is. <laughs> anyway, so they announced this fight. They signed this guy. I'm going to show you a picture. I know people at home can't see this, but I put it up on Twitter, on my Twitter account, MMA Roasted. These two guys. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like an advertisement for steroids. I mean, these two guys are fighting each other. The one guy can't even put his arms down. <gasps> All you got to do is hit him in the inside stomach. He, he can't defend it. His <laughs> arms don't come that close. Uh, who do you think is going to win this fight? 
Uh, the guy with the tattoo. So there's a guy with a tattoo. The guy on the right. The, <laughs> the guy on the right's going to win just because his arms can actually come closer to his waist. I don't know how they're going to fit into the cage. That guy has one fight move, the helicopter. <laughs> That's all he could do is just spin in a, a circle and hope you walk into his fist. And if you do walk into his fist, you are being knocked out. But if you manage to get between the fist, if you can time it up between the blades of the helicopter. I like how he's wearing black khakis, though. I think, in the picture, too. It's, oh, my God. So KSW. It's so funny because it's like it's like MMA evolved into a real sport, and now it's devolving back into the original version of the anything goes, no weight division, juice, do whatever the fuck you want of UFC 1. <laughs> that is the funniest thing. That's right. It's like a bell curve. <laughs> Where did they find those two? I guys? mean, it's like it went all the way up and now it's just coming all the way back down again. Bare knuckle boxing. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. devolving. It evolved and now it's devolving back to its original format. This is crazy to watch. <laughs> all right. So that's happening. Uh, Vince, I don't know who Vince Morales is. I don't know who some of the other guys are. Alex Morano, I know him, was fighting Sean Keenan. Lauren Mueller came to my comedy show. She's 5-0, and fighting Wu Yanan. Who do you like in that fight? Uh, I'm going to go Wu Yanan, just because so it's fun to say. <laughs> All right. Woo! All right. Uh, it's like Curtis Blythe, motherfucker. Uh, go, Woo! Rashad Coulter. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, this this food, is Thank you, babe. What a lady. Rashad Coulter is fighting Hu uh, like Yazong. Hu Yazong is fighting Rashad Coulter. The guy's from China, and he's 230 pounds. Hugh Yazong. Rashad's a guy that's like... Oh, my God. <laughs> what is... How is that a match? It's like one of them goes to the gym, and the other one just has an elliptical. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Why is that... How is that a match? How is this guy 3-0? and And you US? know what's going to happen? The elliptical's going to win. This is what happens in China. Like, they go to China, and they pick these guys that are 3-0 and and 2-0, and and it really kind of is fucked up because there's a guy named like Jordan Johnson we on the show who is like 11 and one, uh-huh. and the UFC did, didn't resign him. And the guys uh, wrestled for Iowa, the right. Golden Gloves champion, got the pedigree, got everything you want. And the Ben Askren, it took him like how many years to get in. And, and there are all these guys out there who, you know, ten and the guy we, I had, I had a guy on last week who yeah. was 14 and three or something. And, uh, Can't get a shot. Adam Adam Milstead, yeah, he's waiting, but yet they're gonna s- sign a guy who's three and zero. But isn't the 3-0 and o guy, like, native to that area? Yes, that's exactly why. And He's so from China. Like they always do that. It's the same formula over and over again. Let's find some local guys, make sure we sell out the arena. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about but the UFC the is arena. a league, though. It's a league. And I like, know, but they feel like, you know, their best bet to make sure it's sold out is to make sure they have some And I get that, but if the Lakers play in, let's say the Lakers all of a sudden were like, oh, it's going to have the Lakers versus the Rockets in Turkey. They don't just recruit fucking... Seven turkey players. No, they they have the Lakers versus the Turkish national basketball team. But that's their team. But they're not in the league. The UFC is a league, and, and they're just recruiting people to join the league because yeah, they're they from can their put area. Whoever they want. I know, and it's it's not right. It's not right to people that actually deserve it. It's it's not it's not well, right. Listen, to just, this argument is happening about who deserves what. Yeah, has been talk about the one constant in MMA. Yeah, is the argument of who deserves what. By the way, there's a, there's a new fighter coming out in one FC. His name is Brown Penis. Oh, and- <laughs> oh, oh, oh. wait. Let's just let's allow everyone a moment to to let that soak in. Brown Penis. Yeah, Brown Penis is uh yeah yeah. 
is 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 actually um, a fighter. Yeah, I, I forgot. Uh, Most of them are <laughs> brown penises. <laughs> Hold on, well, I'm, I'm trying to think who the guy, the, uh, who the announcer from Australia that 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 like I actually I actually gave him a uh, retweet when he announced it. Yeah, there's a guy named Brown Penis. Uh, that is he- unbelievable. <laughs> I would like to get him on the podcast. God, uh, I hope brown penis is up against like white chocolate. <laughs> like that would just be the best. You know what I mean? Like they need it needs some other great or, name. Or, or against like Billy or like something cunts. <laughs> the fighter whose last name is cunts. Yeah. Uh, I think he would, he would, he'd think he'd be really good. Yeah. So or, or pink. Yeah. Pink cunts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there we go. Uh, and then also on this card is a girl, Jessica Aguilar, who was the first gay champion or Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt, yeah. Uh, first gay champion. Uh, Brown penis versus <laughs> Mike Hunt. Uh, so she's on the card. Jessica Aguilar against Walil Zhang, uh, who's 17 and 1. And then I don't know, I can't even pronounce Leo Pingyong, mistaken Martin Day, Zan, Zeonan. And the last guy, Louis Smolko, who's my friend, I like him from Hawaii, is fighting Samadurji Samadurji. Uh, they just put the last, same first and last. Oh, oh, that's so bad. Why, did, why would they do that? I mean, why would you, like, is it like someone gives, what, what should we name them? And you like freeze and you just look at the last name and just. Like, just put it twice. We don't know what it is. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. We're uh, talking about UFC and that's why it's ridiculous. Yeah. You expect that from the smaller leagues. You yeah. have to dig some guys up and you know find some guys that are scrappy and put on a good fight and know what they're doing in the league. For someone like UFC, the gold standard in MMA. Yeah. To do something to do things like that. Gimmicky things. You know, it's like you don't have to do that. You're the UFC and it makes you wonder what are, the, are these decisions based on not wanting to fly people? Is it based, you know like I mean do you really have trouble selling out that bad because it seems like you don't. You know, what is the reason you do have to wonder Who's making those fucking decisions? Well, that, well that's the thing. And, and, and also, a lot of times, like, it happens that, um, a lot of times what happens is, you know, they, they put the local guy on, but they can't find anyone in the, that, that they could actually beat. So the UFC comes in, comes, the guy comes out, just steamrolls the local hero, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily great for anybody except for the guy who steamrolled them, you know? Yeah. Like, but, I mean, local hero, I get. But a local hero, you know his first name, and he got a picture of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, who is this then? This total mystery. Yeah. It's, it's it, just craziness. It's cra- it is craziness. You know what I was just thinking about, though, Adam? What's that? If you had to put a record on your comedy career. Oh, yeah. Shows you've won versus shows you've lost. See, Brown Penis. And shows you would call a draw. All right, hold on. Yeah. Okay, so the guy's name is Brown Penis. B-R-O-W-N. P-I-N-A-S. He finished wow. Johan Fairtex it's with sure a beautiful enough. elbow. <laughs> with a beautiful elbow. Brown. A giant head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Textbook 101. A turning back elbow. And it didn't go horizontal. It went up a diagonal. That's the most dangerous. That's why Brown is renowned oh. for the elbows. It's a knockout. Just say Brown P. No, notice he was avoiding it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Brown is renowned. <laughs> you know he'd written all these ways around it before they even started the fight. He's like, as a professional announcer, my job is to not say brown penis over and over again. <laughs> you could have had so much fun with that. He's not want to lose to brown penis. No one brown wants Brown penis is unstoppable. Like, but look at this, and everyone can agree brown penis is incredibly strong, <laughs> incredibly powerful, very potent. Look at the veins. He's he's growing stronger through the entire fight. Like, as the fight goes on, he get brown penis gets stronger. Brown penis popped him in the mouth. Oh, that was a that was a straight right. <laughs> How much fun will we have? Like, oh my god, brown penis and see, got a one eye. We should live. We should live broadcast it on like Facebook Live or, or on YouTube Live or something. Us calling the brown penis fight. We should absolutely call the brown penis fight. Yeah, <laughs> brown, brown penis. penis. Ooh, that was a long hard one by brown penis. You think, I mean, his parents must have known this was not a good idea. Well, if they were American, I don't think he's an American. Although, how do you wind up with the first name Brown? <laughs> if you're not American. I don't know. This, this guy's a mystery. We got to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. We, he I, must be on the show. Yeah, we got to get Brown. That's the best ever. <laughs> Curtis Blaze, motherfucker, you know I love you. But I'm afraid for now. And you too, one whole cock. I love you, one whole cock. But right now, the new champ, brown penis. Brown penis. Brown penis. Oh, we got to have brown penis versus one whole cock. That would be fantastic. So if you, anyone knows how to get in contact with brown penis, please get in contact with us. Uh, That's gonna make me laugh. It's almost like they're serving brown penis at a restaurant. <laughs> at a really nice French restaurant. They're like, would you like to try Le Brown Pinels? We have Le Brown Pinels available for you today. How funny is that? Brown Pinels. So you were saying uh, one lost comedy? Well, I'm saying if you had to put a, a record on your comedy career of all your shows, okay, that you won versus your losses, your wins versus your losses, what do you think your record be? Um, I mean, clearly we're in the thousands. I mean, every year we're talking about like how like the, like the ratio you're talking about or just how many? Just if you had to put a numerical let's say, value let's say on I do, it. I do 300 shows a year, which is probably, I'd probably do, probably more, about probably right. do more than that, actually. Yeah. But I we would say two and nine, out nine, of that, I would say... There's probably like 20 bombs. Right. And 280 wins. Okay. Now. Uh, uh, per year. Per year. But over when I started. Right. We're talking about like, uh, I wasn't even 500. I was like three wins to 20 losses. You know, uh, it's like, you know, a lot of times you don't realize how bad you were. When I first started, I was terrible. Oh, I was, yeah, man. I was I... dumping beers on my head. Uh, <laughs> I, I was bringing up magazines. Like, this is my girlfriend. She's a model. It was like Big Butt Magazine. Like, <laughs> I, I was fucking awful, but I thought I was funny. Yeah. And yeah, I took comedy classes, and the people in classes were awful too, so they thought I was funny. Yeah. 
But it wasn't until like, like four or five, six months in, you're like, oh shit, maybe I should be doing this or maybe I should be doing that. I mean, that first couple of weeks, I, I was brutal. Sure. But I just love being up there. Absolutely. You know? Um, and that's what you have. You have to love no matter how but brutal it gets. the more I do it, the better, the easier it gets, obviously, and the better. And and now it's also like when I do those cruise ships, like I, I did a cruise ship recently, which, you know, a part of me is like, what am I doing? Is it going backwards? Like, this is this really where I want to be? But then I'm like, the money's amazing. And that's the answer. And, you know, I'm doing them now where I could leave from Long Beach on a Friday and come back Monday. Those are the best. So that's three days. That's great. And I get to bring my family on for like five bucks a day or something. That's fantastic. So I'm like, okay, we get to go to Catalina and Ensenadas on the weekend. It's paid for. You and make I, money. And you I, spend and time with your family. So and I'm doing, it works out. I'm doing six shows. Yeah. And it forced me to do 30-minute shows, the, a, a, a G-rated. The, right. the hard ones are the G-rated. Yeah. But I'm not going to do a G-rated show unless I'm forced to do it. But then, when, but then once you like do it, you're like, wow, I, I could do 45 G rated. I'm talking about like, not even no innuendos, right? Like no, not no G. G yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also that like, I kind of like making kids laugh in some yeah. ways because it's very pure. Sure. You know, it's like there's like they're actually having a good time. I and mean, if you can make a parents and kids laugh, it's pretty fucking cool. Like I gotta, I gotta say, as corny as it sounds, it, it's pretty cool. Even like. Like I gotta tell you, it sounds pretty corny. Telling you, like, but I understand what you're saying. The other night, I mean, the thing is, we get older, we move on, we don't stay the rock and roll kids that we were in our twenties or even in our thirties. I mean, we become adults, and at a certain point, you know, doing that kind of thing is not the worst thing in the world. No, and it also like, but you have to not make. I have to for me. Some people can make a career out of that. I, I being away from my baby, I was physically getting ill. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes, like, obviously, I, I miss my wife. I love my wife. Sure. But there are times where three days out of town is the best thing to, for our relationship because you realize, oh, I miss you. No, totally. And that's and, why I tell Summer, too. I say the fact that I have the kind of career where I leave, uh, it, it's not like I don't want you with me, but it helps to be away. The second I get away from her, I miss her. Mm. And that's, I think, a very valuable thing. <laughs> wait, wait, what, what was that? No, that, first of all, that's my wife, by the way. No, sometimes... No, it is. I think it, there's a lot of... Valid- no, sometimes, like, when you're around someone so much, little things get on your nerves, right? Sure. And I find that when you go away, you're like, yeah, I left this out or that out, but I really miss the person a lot more, and that's the overall... That's the thing, and I, I agree with this, and I feel bad for couples that their job doesn't require them to travel ever. Because they, do, I think it's incredibly valuable. Like I leave, I immediately miss summer. We have better conversations on the phone when I'm out of town than we ever have when I'm in town. I mean, Bree, how many know? times have you gotten mad at me over and over, and then I leave, and then like three hours later you text me, "I miss you." Uh, it's a good you, thing. You really I think it's a. Oh boy, she's a good one. She's yeah. a good egg. No, but there, there, there are times where like. Uh, but with the baby, it's a different story. It's not like a little kid. I'm like, oh, my time away from my child, our relationship's going to be better. It's just, right. it's, it's, I mean, maybe yeah. when she's older, that'll be the case. You know, like you miss your parents. You, sure. You start to appreciate them. But I don't understand. Like, I know so many comedians that never see their kids. Yeah. And they have numerous kids. Right. And I'm like, not to, not to judge but I'm like, wow, how that's crazy. Dude, there was one comic I didn't even know he had kids. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I got like a 16-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't you be raising them? Like, what? When yeah. did you? 
Like they live in another state. Like mm. I've never heard him. He never even mentioned them. I've known him for years. Never even mentioned that he had two kids back home where he was from. And I, I got to tell you, I lost a, almost all respect for him in that moment. Because I was like, what? Yeah. So you just were like, I'm not going to, you raise these kids. I'm going to go off and be a comedian. And especially when these, a lot of the people, times I know these people, they're not even the most, like they're not doing, they're not Joe Rogan. They're not like, oh, I'm setting my kid up for a million dollars. So he's right. Paid. And then his kids are taken care of and everyone. It's like, they're like not even getting better. They're out drinking that night. And like, yeah, I, I was just like, I'm not going to say I lost all respect for him, but I did find it incredibly shocking because I thought he was a really great guy. And then when I heard that, I was like, who are you, man? Like, that isn't right. There's a lot of people like that. And I hate to be, look, I, I have a lot of faults. I do too. Exactly. I'm, faults. Anyone's ever listened to us, no, we're, we're, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I'm not perfect at all. And, I, and there are things that I do that I wish I didn't or, or wish I did in the past that I look back and like, like I was thinking about, I went to the prom with this girl and I like hooked up with another girl on the limo. That was a pretty wow. shitty fucking thing yeah. to do. I ended up apologizing to her years later and. And finger blasting her, but 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 still, like so. So I, I thought you were away in the other room, being, so I, but um, there are things she that, walked like, right out yeah, looking yeah. at you like you. There kid. are things that I that I wish I didn't do, but when I see guys that like cheat on their wives like over and right. over, like, and that's over, just their pattern. Like, I understand, like, look, people fuck up, people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. There are times the guys are drunk and they like make the wrong decisions, or women like nobody's perfect. But I see guys that are like. Every city they go to is a different chick. Yeah. And they got a wife and kids at home. Yeah. And I have to think to myself, like, okay, how good of a friend are you going to be to me when you're lying to the person that you're sleeping next to every night? Yeah. Or when you're home, at least. You know, like, how, like you think you're, you're going to be a loyal friend to me? You're going to have my back? Like, you, yeah. don't have, you don't have the back of the person you walk down, yeah. down the aisle with. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, the kid that, person that you have, you have, you have to talk to your kids, you know? And I, like when my daughter gets grows older, I'm gonna really, you know, sit her down and tell her, like, you know, to make sure that dudes respect her and don't, you know, what guys really want out of her, yeah, and, and what they're gonna try to get out of her. And uh, like Bree took these these pictures. We had a, did a photo shoot, which yeah. uh, was a present. My birthday present was a photo shoot for the family. That's nice, kind of. But uh, but but I would <laughs> rather have the money. But anyway, so do a photo shoot and she's taking these topless pictures of the baby and putting it on. I'm like, no. So I'm cropping her nipples out. And I understand she's four weeks old, but still there's fucking people out there's there. There's creeps out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the CB and. Who? Your baby when she's like 20 or 17. She's going to be a lesbian. Um, and, uh, <laughs> No, no, no. no. It's, it's, just, it's probably it's probably CB. <laughs> so weird. okay. Thanks, babe. Listen, people. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's an unintimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. They got a clear design with data presented in an easy to digest way. I'm telling you guys, it's awesome, all right? They have uh, the cost, they have no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. It's designed, it's easy to use. They got an easy to understand charts and market data. Place a trade and just four taps on your smartphone. Just four taps. One, two, three, four, boom. 
okay? You learn by doing. You can learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. You can discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feeds, all right? So, Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at mmaroasted.robinhood.com. That's mmaroasted.robinhood.com. Listen, people, 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. And the thing is, when you start to notice your hair loss, it is too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. We've all seen it. People with like bad transplants and bad wigs and all kinds of bad stuff, okay? And is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any ball spots yet? Be honest with yourself, people. How would you feel a year from now? If it's business as usual up there, you feel good. I know you would, all right? And I ask you, do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? Do you want your hairline to recede or do you want to do something about it first? And why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? Here's the solution. Go to 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. I want you guys to keep your hair. All right, look at me. I got a huge forehead. My hair is receding, all right? So I check out this stuff. It helps, all right? It's working. And thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions. Street hair loss. They got well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. You could save hours by going to forhims.com. You answer a few quick questions, the doctor will review it and prescribe you the stuff you need. The products are shipped directly to your door. You can order now. My listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds going to the doctor or the pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash roasted. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash Roasted. Forhims.com slash roasted. So, uh, anyway, so yeah, that the, uh, my point is that, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What was I talking about? Fucking comics or yeah. kids and this and that. Um, fights. All right. So, I think my record would be like 116,000 wins. Yes. To like eh, 12,000 to 15,000 losses. I don't know, man. I've seen you bomb, but like uh, sometimes, like you bomb funny and gracefully. Uh, you just take, <laughs> I'll it take like, that. You take it like a man, and you stick with the material. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. A lot of times, like I'm like fuck it. Uh, how I used to be was if I'm going down, we're all going down. Yeah, like, I was that way too. I'm wrecking this whole fucking room, yeah. and sometimes you can win them back that way. Right. That's the problem. Well, sometimes for me, I can see what it's going to take to win this crowd, and I make a judgment call whether or not they deserve it based on, one, am I being paid? Okay? Because if I'm not being paid, fuck you. I'm not trying that hard. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to stand here and tell my jokes, and you can laugh or not laugh. I'm not going to improvise. I'm not going to dig deep. I'm not going to try and find you because you're not paying me to do that. You're just being an asshole, and I'm here for free. Yeah. Yep, so yep. those shows, I'm just going to let those go. You can fucking have those. Okay? Now, if I'm being paid, right, or there's some reason that I want to do great on that show, like as a big venue or something like that, then yeah, then I'm going to dig deep, and I'm going to find it. See, my, my, I think to a fault sometimes, like as an insecure person sometimes, as I'm not the most secure person. I'm, I've become more secure in my old age. That kind of goes with the title comedian. But I've always wanted to win. And a lot of times I've seen comics out there. I've seen Bill Burr 
do 25 minutes and not get a laugh. But yeah. at like an improv, an Irvine improv yeah. or something. But he's like, fuck it, I'm working on new shit. Yep. And now look where he is. Whereas sometimes like I would do five minutes and if they weren't getting a laugh, all right, time for the old stuff, you know, and not stick with that 25 minutes. Now, there's another part of me that says, well, yeah, because if you bomb, it, it, it goes around and then they don't book you back. There's a certain point, at a certain point, you get to the point of being a celebrity where you're allowed to bomb because Absolutely. just you being there, it doesn't even, doesn't even matter. Right. Uh, you know, Russell Peters can go into any comedy club right now in the world and, do, and fuck, take a shit on stage and they'll still have him back. Right, because he's um, going to sell out. Yeah. So, but at the same time, a lot of times I think I would have been better off bombing with my material and just going down, just going down yeah. than trying to win every single battle. Yeah. Now look, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm I'm forty. I'm, I could look at that now and be like, oh, that's something I should have. Or you know, a lot of times it was go dirty, go dirty sure. versus go clean. But I think when I was going dirty, my life was dirtier. I mean, there, there were there were times totally. It was more it was more real to you that boy because you were doing nasty shit. There were times that I would do comedy at, at the Laugh Factory and I'd have two porn stars in the crowd and yes, I knew that there was going to be a threesome afterwards and, and that was my focus, you know? Uh, <laughs> babe, come on, you stop walking in on the... If you're going to be on the podcast, be on the podcast because you're just <laughs> fucking lurking... No, she but you does want to be on. Don't but, say that. But you, you, you just lurking know, around you. is making me uncomfortable, and now it's going to affect the quality of our show. I'm literally okay, all right. So I'm saying that like there were times where my focus was a little bit on after the show than what's going on. Sure, there, but I, I always tried my best. Always, I was out of good sets, but I was, you know, now like like doing the cruise ships. It used to be, oh, you know what. What staff member am I going to hook up with? What you know right. party am I going to think? Now I'm like, oh, I get, I get, I get, I get to read. Right, exactly. I, I get oh, to great. sleep I'll in. I'll be up by ten. I'll yeah. be able to uh, get it. I'll get in bed by. Uh, I'll be asleep by eleven. I'll be able to edit videos. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. Which is which is crazy. But I but I but it's funny though because I and see. You know what's funny is that I used to remember like when I was a younger comic and then older comics would be I'd be like, what are we gonna do? He's like, I'm going back to my room to edit some video or to do you know whatever I gotta. And that's it. I'm like, fuck you. You're not. You're wasting this. Blah blah blah. You know. And now I'm you know I'm not entirely that way. But you know there are a lot more nights than before where I'm like just gonna go back. I'm cool. I'm done. Well, because also you have to realize that before you know as a comic. You you know I tell people this all the time. Like, look, as a comic, you're not going to make any money. You probably won't make it, which is probably a good thing because if everyone made it that easily, it, yeah, I agree. it'd be nothing. Yeah, uh, the whole worthless, and it almost the, is. The, the, the fact is, that in order to really make it as a comic, it's easier to make it as a professional baseball player than a professional comedian. And I'm right, talking about yeah. professional, like you get paid to do it. Full year round. Right. You think about how many people you know that tried out for baseball, Little League and this and that. Yeah. There aren't that many. You might know one person or you know of a cousin. That's comedy. Now, listen, of course, there's people that do podcasts and then this and that. And they have 25 different ways of income. And then they also do comedy as well on their, one of the, the asterisks on their business card. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just strictly comedy. Yeah. But because they've made it so hard, it's like that Indiana Jones movie yeah. where he has to get the skull and, and, right. and he keeps and you see all the, the dead people around yeah, yeah, him and yeah, yeah. he finally gets it and like the, the invisible stairs come out of nowhere yeah. that's fucking making it as a comic right because of that it weeds out almost everybody if I look at the people I took three comedy classes when I was 20 years old and I'm me and like Maybe Pete Dominic who doesn't even do comedy still he's just more of a, a radio guy yeah he's doing he great but yeah he's a great guy 
are the only people in those classes that are still doing comedy, except maybe Eric Bronstein. And there were so many good, talented people in sure. those classes, but most people don't do it. They're like, fuck this. Well, it's a very hard life, and it goes on forever. It goes on forever. It's a hard life. It makes no fucking sense. They, they, the industry is like, it's such an inner workings of like certain management companies own certain comedy clubs, which own certain specials on Comedy Central. And then they're yeah, all. Exactly. It's all inbred. so, exactly. It's all become this game uh, where certain uh, gatekeepers are in charge of everything. And, and none of it has to do with whether or not you're funny. It all has to do with whether or not they can sell you to TV, to this venue, to this, whatever. And that's what it becomes about, you know, versus does he have any good material? Do people want to hear this? Is this funny? You know, I saw what's his name special recently, uh, Adam Sandler special, his new one. And I, I actually laughed. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how long it's been since I've actually laughed at someone else's special. Because I generally, I'm just, well, I don't watch a lot of them to begin with because I don't want their material seeping into what I'm doing. So I do avoid a lot of them. Yeah. But I can't tell you, you know, the few that I've seen, I'm like, what the fuck is No, happening? it's just like, and, I, and you get annoyed. Yeah, and, and like you watch very it, and then you go, and so much of it is like, I see where the editing could have been. Right. Yeah, because like, they cut to the audience and they cut back and it picks up. No, no, even in, in like the joke. Oh, like right. They tell some long-winded story that is six minutes longer than it should have been. Right, right. And then everyone's applauding because they put a fucking laugh track in there. And, and you're like, wait a minute, this story could have been a minute and a half. It's eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. And they're killing. But they're not really killing because I've right. seen them do that when it's not their special special. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of that. By the I way, mean, have you just seen the Adam Sandler special? I heard it's good. The the last number, he ended it in the best possible way, man. It's fantastic. I don't want to ruin it for you, but I'm telling you, if you watch no other part of it, you have to see the final number. He's always he's always been a nice guy and he takes care of his people and yeah. But I've never been a big fan of his comedy. I'm not a fan of his comedy, but I love that. Special. Here's what happens, man. Here's what happens. Adam Sandler. Out the gate was hilarious. You look at the first three movies he did: Happy Gilmore, didn't like it. Billy Madison, didn't like it. Uh, the Wedding Singer, that one I liked. And uh, I think it was those three. And he was still doing comedy then. Yeah. And that's the thing about comedy is that the audience will let you know if you're funny or not, especially if it's if you're following really good people. You're following guys like Rest in Peace, Greg Giraldo or Dave Attell or these guys that I used to watch, Pete Corielli and at the Comedy Cellar, the Rusmanis. So if you're not bringing it, they'll fucking let you know. Yeah. It's the most honest form of entertainment. But then you look at, and it happens to other actors as well that started doing comedy. Eddie Murphy, I'll put in this category of like their first movies, 48 Hours, yeah. uh, uh, Coming to America, Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop. Cop. So great, all of them. Amazing. But then they, got, they start going, wait a minute, I don't have to do comedy anymore. Right. I'm getting, I'm getting millions and millions of dollars, and everyone around me is laughing at everything that I'm fucking doing. Yeah, so why would I risk it? Why would I risk it? And they go, they get lazy. Yeah. And then, in my opinion, their movies get progressively worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put Mark Lawrence in this, too. Oh, yeah? Uh, and Chris Tucker. And uh, this, the list goes on of people that, when they were still doing comedy, were a lot funnier. Adam Sandler went back into comedy. Yeah. And now he's probably funny again because he's not getting by with just, oh shit, it's Adam Sandler, yada, right, yada. Right. You know? The Dime Bar, as much as like the Dime Bar is a fucking, as far like a tough, shitty room, it's great because I've seen so many quote unquote celebrities go in there and just get the shit kicked out right, of them. Right, just eat a dick. Because the crowd's like, I don't give a fuck where right. you are. Like, they, don't even, they don't even give you the five minute courtesy. They're not even going to laugh at the Right, front. right, right. Usually I, you get a lot of leeway. None. 
Right. And I've seen comics run out of there going, like, lose my number afterwards. <laughs> and it, to me, it's justice. It's, it's fucking, it's justice to me. Yeah. Because it's like, but yeah, I think a lot of times, the, the comedy is, is it's hard. It's hard though, also, when you, uh, you know, like Sinbad said, you're funniest when you're riding the bus. Right. Uh, you know, when you're riding the yeah. bus, everything's, you're, the, you're funny. Yeah. When you're angry, that's why I'm a New Yorker. Exactly. When it you're in a fucking, right. fucking snowstorm, you're, you're angry and funny. And that, that was one of the things that was very New York for me. The snowstorm thing, I show up to stand up New York for a six o'clock show where they gave me a nice 10 minute it's guest not stand spot. anymore? Stand up New York? It's back to stand up New York? Do they it, change? No, the stand is different. Oh, okay. The stand is a different club, and they got like they had to leave their space, so they're trying to get a new space, but it isn't quite open yet. So the stand is like in transition right now. But Stand Up New York has always been there, just changed ownership. Okay. But it's still always been Stand Up New York, 77th Street, Upper West Side. Okay. So, but it's snowing, and I'm like, there's no way we're having a show. There's no way. It's a snowstorm, and I'm on the six o'clock. There's no way. So I go up, but I'm like, fuck it, I'm going there. What the fuck else am I here to do except this? So I go up there and I go there and, and they're like, well, I'm like, so are we going to have a show? And they're like, well, we got six people. If we get three more, we'll have a show. I'm like, great. Two more people come in. And they're like, we're going to have a show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great. Yes, let's have a show. They're here. They came through the snow. They're here. We're here. Let's fucking do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was went up first. I had to eat the bullet. And oh, and here's the other thing. I went up there. I was doing all this great material. I'm like, this is, it's weird that I'm not doing better. Now I got them, you know, eventually, obviously, but. I was like, I'm surprised they're resisting this hard. And then I realized the guy that was coming up right after me was French. And most of the people there, the of the nine people, seven were French. Of course. So they barely understood the language to begin with. And then they're reserving their shit, their laughter for their... That body. happens all the time. Yeah. A lot of times, like, it's so funny. One I should have known that, too. That was the vibe. One time there was, like, weird show, there was, like, vibe. one guy in the crowd laughing at everything. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, we love this guy. And at the end, I talked to the guy. He's like a Nazi. <laughs> It's like you always make these judgments from oh they must not like me and then you talk and they speak no English yeah. that happens all the time as comics you just you talk to people like oh shit it happens all the time yeah you can't you can't that anyway we got two uh, guests coming into the show if you could stay uh, let me know if you have to leave uh, I can stay all right so Austin Arnett who won his fight. Last week, <laughs> I don't know why I'm staying. You run these things. I don't. You well, know no, I mean? you can fill it. You can come and chime in. You know, uh, I Brown w- Penis. Yeah, it would be great if we're talking to Brown. Oh, uh, we got to get Brown Penis on the phone. <laughs> Do you want uh, the special today? Is uh, the the uh, Brown Penis croquet? <laughs> so funny, man. Some, I mean, I think those parents. They come on. Who this thing is he? What's his, what country is he from? He can't be from America, is he? I don't know. Or maybe he's Filipino-American. I just... Because like Panas seems like it would be one of those like Filipino last names. I mean, why wouldn't they? someone tell them, hey, listen, you know, your kid's going to have a hard time in life if you name him Brown Penis. I mean... Maybe they don't see... They don't call it that it's like in the my Philippines. wife wanted to name our That's daughter. That's what I want to see. We, where is he from? Where did he grow up? Because like, somewhere it is, obviously, maybe penis isn't the word. My wife wanted to name our daughter Vegas. What? Uh, yeah, and I was like, no, because oh my god, you got to think of how kids are gonna make fun of it. You know, like, oh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Totally. Or, like, yeah, I like, mean, you would have to put a little pole in her little in her, <laughs> you know, in her crib. Yeah, you yeah, no, yeah, you can't. Yeah, she's I, drinking. She's drinking formula by the shot. <laughs> <laughs> she's snorting her formula. Not, not a good idea. Hello, Austin. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, so we're talking to Austin Arnett. Uh, you're on the MMA Roasted podcast, and congrats on your big win, dude. Thanks, brother. Yeah, so good, man. No, I was super happy for you. Uh, it, I was, 
You know what? I was I thought you won the fight, but I'm like they're gonna give it to the other guy. It's in Latin America, you know, and they were, the, the the crowd was behind him. Were you surprised that they gave it to you? No, I well, I mean, I know what you're saying because I knew I won the fight. I I knew I dominated the, the third round. I knew it was a ten eight. Um, but I know what you're saying. That's why as soon as the fight was over, I was running around telling everybody I won that fight. I won that fight. I won that fucking fight. <laughs> so I just kept saying that. I was like, because I. I knew I wasn't in enemy territory, man, and I know how judges can be. So, but I mean, I was pretty confident that I that, that they were gonna still give it to me. You almost stopped him that last round. Yeah, I mean, you were pretty close to having him out. How much longer do you think you would have had to knock him out, dude? So, if you watch it close, he goes limp. I hit, a, I stand up, and then I I come down with a punch, and I I hit him clean, and he he goes out, and the next punch I hit him with wakes him back up uh, and he kind of starts moving around again but if you watch it close you can see see his body go limp after i stand up and i come down with a big shot hit him hit him clean uh he goes out for a second and then i kind of woke him back up with the follow-up shots but uh, uh, yeah i mean i think he was gassed i wore him out pretty pretty good i think another 30 seconds and if that even i i'm getting him finished for sure no i was super super happy for you man because uh you've had a tough road man they've they've thrown you to some killers I mean, you're a killer. Yeah. As well. You're a killer as well. But I'm looking at the guys you you, you fought. I mean, they, they yeah they, they they didn't put you in. I mean, they put you up against that, that guy Hakeem Dawodi, who they were saying is like the next big thing. Your fight on the contender was yeah. against a, a murderer who actually has had some. I think yeah. maybe your fight kind of took the life out of him because he's zero and two since then. But they haven't been giving you an easy road at all. Yeah. No, yeah, it's been tough fights, and, you know, they, they usually put, put me up against strikers, too. They know I like to stand and strike, so, you know, usually these matchups, I've been getting uh, Stan Hagen, really good, fast striker, Dawadu, awesome striker, too. So, I think they know putting me with these, these tough strikers is going to, is they're hoping to bring out, you know, really good, exciting fights. Uh, so, yeah, it's been tough fights, but I know I can beat all these guys, you know, some things I, I just fight a little different, and I think every fight I've been in, um, they're fights that I can win. It's just, you know, how the fight game is. Sometimes it, it doesn't go the way you want it to go that night. But I know I can compete with any of these guys, any of these top strikers, fighters in the 45 weight class for sure. Now, were you worried about getting cut if you lost? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was get. I mean, I knew I was getting cut if I lost that fight. I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, I would, you go 0-3 in the UFC and, and you're, you're gone, man. I mean, there's, there's not much you can do about that. But, so, you know, my back was against the wall. I knew I had to win, and, and I, I did what I had to do to, to keep my job and, and uh, keep fighting in the UFC where I want to be. Fuck yeah, man. Now, I, I was super happy for you, super proud of you. I said that uh, your win might get you up to over 650 <laughs> Twitter followers. Did you actually beat 650? I'm not like, uh, I'm almost at 700 now, man. I'm like 698 or something. I think, climbing. I, I, I think my tweet helped, for real. It did, dude. It blew up. Everyone was, everyone was like, uh, oh, I'm number 642. I'm number six. <laughs> it was funny. I Not, appreciate that. No no problem, man. I always root for the uh, the underdogs, the guys who don't get enough recognition. And I, I think that you totally, you're, you're a great fighter, man. Um, now, you stayed with Kiesa. Thanks, man. You, you stayed in Vegas for this camp, or were you in uh, in Washington? We were in Washington, Spokompton, baby. We uh, got, got down to business up here, just kind of got back to my roots of kind of what got me to the show um just hard nose hard rounds hard sparring grappling with uh with the northwest boys um 
I just felt like uh, I like training down in Vegas too. The PI is awesome. Everyone there is very helpful, and it's a, it's a great facility. Take care of you really well. Syndicate, John Wood, he's a great coach, a great team out there. I just felt like for this one, I needed to get back to, to what got me to where I was and uh, get back to just that, that hard grind up here in the Northwest. So that's why I decided to stay up here this time. Nice, nice. Now, what was it like sleeping on Kiesa's couch? Because that guy looks like he's homeless, smokes weed all day, uh, <laughs> plays video games. Dude, it was, it was awesome, man. I, I, you know, my, you know, he's one of my, you know, he's a training partner, but he's also one of my, my closest friends. Um, we're, we're pretty tight. And so, yeah, I just roomed with him for the whole camp. I was up in, you know, it was a short camp. I only had like four weeks notice. So uh, I just moved on up there with him and and uh, yeah, we we had some fun. We, he was starting his camp too for Condit, so it worked out good. Um, you know, we're we're not partying or anything right now, so we're both just uh, just handling business, getting to work every day. Did you guys go on any double dates or anything? <laughs> no, no double dates. No double dates. Does Kiesa get any? Does he ever get laid? I feel like that guy never. I feel like he just like hangs out in the woods with like a <laughs> hammer and chops wood all day. He's got, he's got a serious girlfriend now, man. He, he, he uh, him and his girlfriend live together. She, so, uh, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's got a little wife almost now. <laughs> wow. And what about what about you? You have a girlfriend? I do have a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I got a girlfriend. How long? Um, shoot. So we actually originally started dating when I was like 18. We dated for quite a while and we broke up for a little bit and then, uh, we got back together and I, I give her a hard time. I say, well, yeah, I get back in the USC. Then he comes, comes calling back. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's the way they always are. Uh, but, but when you, did, did she come with you to Argentina? She did not. It was, it, she usually goes on my flight. She went to the Canada one and stuff. This one was just, it was short notice. Plane flights are like 1500 bucks round trip out there. So. This one just didn't really work out for, but usually she goes through them. Yeah, nice, nice. There you go. When you got home, was she just like going? Now, did you were you able to have sex with her at all while you were in camp on uh, on Kiesa's bed? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't have, have seen. No, I'm not, I'm not about that. I'm, I'm still getting it in. But what about Kiesa being like on the in like the same house? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I only live like an hour and a half south, so. Um, I would I would come back home, you know, here and there, and, and, and get it in. Oh, nice! You know, there you go. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> now, was uh, was a Rick your, uh, your your coach for this, Rick Little? Yeah, so he was he, he was my coach. My dad's always uh, my coach too. Uh, Rick had a fight fight on on the one championship fight card the same day as me, and uh, so he already he had already committed to go into that fight, so he wasn't able to go to our team and corner me, but. But he was uh, my coach for the whole camp. And what's your background? Did you wrestle in high school or college? Or so no, I was uh, karate growing up. My dad owns a owns a martial arts school, so I grew up doing karate and kickboxing all growing up, and then just kind of evolved into like, uh, once I got into high school. I had my first MMA fight when I was fifteen, so just kind of evolved into that, and then went from there. I mean, you have some chin because even like on your contender fight. That guy, they were hyping him, but you were like a zombie. Have you ever even been hurt in any, any of your fights? Yeah, <laughs> uh, dude, there's one fight. You can actually probably find this on YouTube. I got freaking uh, clocked hard, and I went like limp for a second, and then woke back up, and then grabbed him, took him down, and then ended up choking him out. Didn't remember anything that happened. Uh, luckily, the, the ref didn't really notice it, because I kind of got posted up on the cage. So he hit me with the right hand and my butt just went on the cage and I kind of was still up, but I was out. 
And then I just grabbed his legs, woke back up, ended up taking him down, shook him out. That was like the only time I've ever been rocked or anything, though. I've ever been dropped or anything like that. Then why did they stop that other fight you had against Sandwagon? Saying, hey, dude, that was, that was, that was a shitty one. I got, took that uh, liver shot to the body. Oh, got and, it, uh, got he it. Was kinda, they kind of added up. He was throwing, throwing a lot of body shots, and he kind of wore me down the second round and caught me solid one to the liver and just kind of shut the body down. Not, not much I could do. It sucked. Now, I was looking at your record. I mean, you, at one point, you won 13 fights in a row. And how old are yeah. you? How, how old are you now? I'm 27, just turned 27. So um, when you won 13 fights in a row, and were you ever thinking, like, what do I got to do to make the UFC? Am I, am I being overlooked? What is this bullshit? Did, were, were you getting frustrated? Yeah, it was. It was kind of frustrating uh, towards then because I, I took a fight, like, on Titan, which was on UFC Fight Pass, and I won that fight pretty easily. And I thought, I thought after that one, I was like, okay. So, you know, I won on a, a pretty well-known big show on UFC fight pass, that's, that's going to, should seal a deal. I should be in now. Still didn't get it. I think I still had to go win like three more. And then I still didn't even get in. I got on the contender series, which is awesome, but still didn't get it. So yeah, it was frustrating. It was, but I mean, I love the fight and I, I do martial arts. I mean, I'll do martial arts for the rest of my life, uh, even when I've done fights. So, I mean, it wasn't, it is what it is. I just kept training and fighting and that's what I'm going to do no matter what, whether I was going to make UFC or not. Um, but it was, yeah, it was kind of, frustrating yeah for sure i was saying i was like and then i looked at your amateur record you won five in a row you went five and one as an amateur so, but you lost your last yeah, that ab- was actually a little, well go that on that was a little bit off i, I actually went they, they just didn't record a lot of amateur fights you know you fight on reservations and stuff like that all the time as an amateur so they don't really always get record i actually i fought 20 i think 20 times i think i was 17 to 3 as an amateur wow and then uh yeah but I did lose my last one before I turned pro. Yeah, which is interesting. You were just like, fuck it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, at that point, I was, all my amateur fights, I was fighting guys that were like pro level, and I was still fighting with the amateurs, like, and I lost that one. I was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm still, I'm just going to turn pro anyway. I don't care. I know I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. So, yeah, I, I still turned pro after that. Nice. I mean, and now are you able to uh, sustain yourself as a fighter, or do you have to take other jobs? Not anymore. Now I just I just get a fight. It's nice. Yeah. So um, I, I help uh, when I'm home, not training for a fight. I help my dad run his martial arts school. So I, I teach kids classes and stuff like that. Um, but besides that, no, I don't. I'm just training full time. Nice. And who do you want to fight next? Um, I called out Steven Peterson, uh, Superman, after my fight. I, I think, you know, he's an exciting fighter. He, uh, he brings it. He likes to strike, stands. Um, I think it should be a super fun, exciting fight. I got respect for him, but um, I, I'd love to get in there and mix it up with him. Right. Well, listen, man, your fight was awesome. I was super proud of you. I was super happy for you because you're a guy that I think you're an unsung hero. You're a good guy. You're a nice guy. Um, and I was happy for you, Thanks, man. man. Greg, anything for uh, Thank you, Austin? brother. I appreciate that. Let me ask you, after you finish a fight, is there any kind of food that you're looking forward to having that you're like, okay, done with camp, done with training. Is there anything you're like, I'm going to fucking eat that the second I win? Yeah, I'm fucking pizza and ice cream, man. That's all I'm right? eating. Right? Sure. Pizza and ice cream. What man. kind of pizza? Non-stop. What's your jam on the pizza? What's your what's your jam on the pizza? Oh, I like I like it all. So I, I'm like a meat lover's guy. So you throw everything on it. You know, oh, that's right. Sauce, pepperoni. Oh. Just load it with meat. Load it up. Nice. <laughs> Love it. 
Nice. That's yeah. the way, because I'm like a fat kid, so that's the way I think about it. Like, if I did all that work, all I'm thinking about is like, okay, the second this is over, I'm going to Popeye's so, or something like that. You know? Exactly, dude. It's, like a, it's just a week of just ruining your body after, after a weight cut. Exactly. It's a week of destroying everything you work for. <laughs> so, so that's what, awesome. So what was the name of the guy that um, Rick coached at 1FC? Tyler McGuire. He actually fought for the Aspen vacant title over there. Uh, he ended up losing in the fifth round. He got caught with the right hand, but it was probably two to two going into the fifth round. It was a tough one to, to swallow. He got caught with like 30 seconds left in the fifth round. You know, there was a guy named Brown Penis on that card. Uh, I didn't, I'm not sure. Yeah, he was. There was a guy named Brown Penis. He actually fought on that card. Just, <laughs> what? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I swear. Look, look it up. You better watch out because Brown <laughs> Penis might be coming for you. Too. Brown Penis, P-I-N-A-S. Brown. Oh he be yo, he be <laughs> Johan Fairtex Dre with a beautiful spinning back. Oh, yeah. So I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering if you knew about Brown. He penis. was knee deep in a meat lover's pizza by then. Yeah, watch that fight. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brown Penis is no joke. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> well, listen, Austin. Good luck with your next fight, man. And next time I have a show, you better come. Not like last time, you fucking bitched out. I know, dude. I, I won't miss the next one. I promise you. I promise you. All right, thanks, brother. Keep up the good work. All right, thanks for having me on, man. Later. Thank you. Nice kid. Nice kid. Yeah. Good interview. Smart kid. Seems all right. Got yeah. yeah. Straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. uh it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was, was going to be 0-3 in the UFC. He came He's back. He's no Bob Sapp, but yeah. <laughs> Bob Sapp's fighting New Year's Eve. Is he really? Yeah, he wants, he, he, he wants, he wants to come on the show again. Yeah. He, he, he got mad at me because, you know, you know how they're making trades now? They traded Ben Askren for uh, Mighty Mouse. Uh, I have to take this. Yeah, okay, no problem. Okay, so I'm going to step outside. Yes. All right. All right. So we're calling right now Cheeto Vera, who uh, won his last fight. Uh, Cheeto Vera. Uh, hold on. No, five one four. Let me see what we got. Uh, there we go. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Hopefully, you guys are entertained by that. Um, that noise. I gotta work out later, man. You ever just like tell yourself you gotta work out, and then you just, and then you don't. All right, hold on. Here we go. But I gotta, I gotta. The whole day, I'm like, I gotta work out. I should just get up early and just work out. But instead. I drive myself crazy, you know, eating all this garbage, feeling my, my, my stomach getting bigger when I know I could have just went out and then I wouldn't feel the guilt of eating all this stuff. But uh, I don't know. Life's a bitch, right? This is her first world problems, as they say. All right. So we're calling Cheeto, Cheeto Vera, who won his last fight. Looked look, look great. Cheeto Vera. Hopefully he picks up the phone. Hello, is this Cheeto Vera? Yeah. Hey, this is Adam Hunter in the MA Roasted Podcast. How are you? What's up, bro? All good. Con- congrats on your big win, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I, I was super. That was awesome. Now, how good? Is, how amazing did that feel? Being in Argentina, winning in front of that crowd the way you did. Well, that, that, that feels, you know, amazing. You know, that was a big fight uh, in front of the South American crowd, and people were very unhappy about it, but fuck it. I was really happy. Now, did you give him the first round just to be nice, and then you were like, all right, I'll let you win the first round, and then you, I'm going to kill you in the second, though? Well, um, 
I, I, I always like to feel, you know, what my opponent got, you know. It, it looks kind of like like he was beating me, but actually, if, if, if things don't, you know, if you don't get clipped clean, you won't get hurt, you know. So I was trying to protect myself, see what the guy got, and as soon as I figured it out, I find a way to to end with you, so. And that, that was my plan, you know, you know, getting there, feel, see the speed, see the power, and after that, get, get to work, you know, because sometimes if you start too hard, you can get you can get KO or you can get tap it out if you if you start too fast too fast without plan. You know, but it seemed like you were like, all right, I'm gonna let this guy win around so that he, he can look good in front of his friends and his family, and then I'm gonna kill him in a second. That that wasn't the case. Yeah, it was it was something like that, you know. You no, know, I like to. I'm a big uh, study of the game. Mm. I'm always watching fights, and I like how John Jones does, you know. Get in there, get a feel. A lot of people throw bombs to John Jones, but he'll find a way to don't get clipped. You know, good defense because defense is better than offense. If you don't, everybody can punch and kick, but the thing is that when somebody answers, you gotta make sure your defense and your your chin is stuck. So that's what I like to do. You know, I, I gotta get in there, defend some stuff, feel the fight, and after that, let it go and go for the kill. It was amazing, man. I mean, I was so happy for you. I mean, you've really been on a tear lately. Uh, you, you won your last couple fights. You're looking great. Uh, who do you want to fight next? So, right now, um, I, I, I'm willing to fight in the Anaheim card. So, I don't know. I don't know who's there in the rankings, but whoever want to fight and want to get a... You know, a, a hard fight, I put in the show, I'm down. You know, I'm always taking anyone, anytime, like for real. There's a lot of guys that say it's anytime, anywhere, and then they go in there, then they don't do jack shit. I'm the one of those. When I say anytime, it's for real because I'm always preparing myself. And then I don't have any specific name, but whoever is in there, I, I'm down to fight. Now, a couple of fights ago, I remember Joe Rogan talking during your fight about how you weren't taking it that seriously or, like, you were kind of not taking training that serious, but now you, you like, kind of re, 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 redid everything. Chito Vera. Uh, and how you're like, you know what, now I'm actually putting my foot down. I'm, it's a whole different Chito Vera. Is it, was that true? Were you, were you not taking it as serious as, as you should have? Um, I believe, I believe I'm always, I'm always having taken very seriously but um, I take two hard fights, and um, I didn't it didn't work my way. Uh, I went all the way to Brazil. I fought uh, Lineker. Yeah. Uh, that was a good fight. I, I really thought that was a close fight, and I, I don't think he really beat me. I think just he just threw more punches and looked like he were looked like he would hurt me because he was throwing his bombs, but. Um, I think if we, I think we will fight again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if Dominic get hurt um, for the January fight, I think he won't last with me in this, this for the second time. And I'm, I'm doing everything in my hands to get better and to be ready. You know, I'm eating clean in or outside camp. Uh, I use it as a lifestyle. I'm a very healthy athlete. And then I show up every day to the gym. I'm always making questions. I'm always trying to get better and. I'm the guy that I believe in evolve. If you don't evolve, you're not in the right sport. So 
I'm just willing to do anything in my hands to be ready and, and just put in a hell of fights because fans like enter, entertainment, fans like good fights, you know, so yeah, I'm ma- not a leg humper, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, man, maybe it wasn't Rogan that said that. Maybe it was somebody else. But I remember them, they weren't saying anything bad. They just said that you kind of turned your whole camp around. Uh, I forgot who said it. It was like, you know what I'm talking about, though? Cool. It was like during one of your fights. Was that, it was somebody said something to the extent of you weren't oh, cool. taking... I think I think what what they were saying is like I did changes on my camp after I take two, those two losses uh, by decision. Of course, I I showed toughness. I showed like willing to fight, but something were missing. Um, after those two losses, I changed. I I, I hired uh, Daryl Christian. Uh, he's my wrestling coach, and then I hired uh, a new jiu-jitsu coach. So, and then I can see things are paying off. You know. Uh, since I make all those all changes, I'm winning a game. Uh, I, I'm still with the same head coach. I'm with Colin Ayama. He's a great uh, striking coach. He knows a little bit of everything, but mainly he's a, 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 a really good Muay Thai coach. And he knows the stuff. You know, he told me what to do and those things work. But MMA is not just one thing. So you better have uh, overall training and just be good at it. Yeah, 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 totally. Now, um, I read that in Ecuador, you're a superhero. Like, you, you're sponsored by Pepsi, and you have billboards everywhere? Dude, this is crazy. When I go back there, <laughs> it's amazing to see how people recognize uh, your effort. And, and Ecuador is a very, very big uh, soccer sport. Uh, but I changed, I changed that shit. So now people like MMA, now people know that there's somebody outside the country doing some work and yeah it's, it's very big there's a lot of pepsi billboards like all over the country uh in inside the malls uh it, it, it's fucking huge so people people know that that i'm doing the hard work and, and people like because i i represent the country you know i'm very proud from br from there and and you know this is a sport that was handled by brazilians at some point now by Americans, and then I'm the only one from over there that, that I'm putting everything in, in, into the sport. Now, do they do they give you free Pepsis? Oh, uh, <laughs> over there. If I'm there, yeah, but I'm in the U.S. Oh, uh, yeah. With 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 the huge billboards, <laughs> that that's it, dude. That that counts a lot. That helped me a lot. Oh my god, I, I can imagine. And now you're uh, you're married with two kids. One of your kids uh, was very sick, right? She was she was born with an uh, illness. Um, it, uh, I got three kids. I got a new one. Oh, um, nice! Congratulations. Like, like, thank du- you, man, like, like during this phone call, or or just, or uh, sorry, like during this call, you had a new one. Like, just like just just now, or how how? Oh, co- yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my first daughter, she born with something called Mobius. Um, it's like a face paralysis. It, so it's not like she was she's sick or she was sick, but um, that that's the surgery I did in uh. Uh, at the beginning of the year, and basically, they they make the muscles uh, work in the face, and now she can smile. That's why my my team was fighting for the smile, ma- making sure she she got it done. And it was expensive surgery, and I got it done with my with my fist. That's amazing. And now she's better. Oh yeah, that's great. She's totally fine, you know. Uh, she's doing jujitsu every day. Her face, obviously, after the surgery, was completely swollen. Um, it looks pretty, pretty bad. But 
after that she recovered. She started going to therapy, some massaging the face so the muscle can get uh, loose uh, and feel good. And, and now she's good. Uh, she goes to therapy once a week, but it's just like a regular massage. And then you can see the smile on her face now. And, and that's all about it. That's something that me and my wife uh, were willing to to do. Uh, we work for it, and and now and now she's a she's a beautiful beautiful kid. She's gonna smile, and that's that's all about it, you know. That's amazing, man. Well, I'm happy that happened. That's that's really really great. That's great to hear because uh, you know, it's amazing that with your fists and what you did, now you're able to pay for your daughter's surgery and she's better. So that's oh, of course, of course, dude. Like the first time I I I, I find out it was like Eddie Grant surgery. I was like fuck, but then. Um, we gotta keep it real, you know. In the UFC, you can make that amount of money if you put in good fights and and you and you're ready all the time. So I'm always taking short notices and then putting a big shows. So all the hard work I have been doing pays pays off. So I got it done and I like to fight. Dude. I like to fight. I like to train. And anytime they call me, I, I always say yes. Of course, of course. Now, do you live out in LA? Is that is that where you we are up in? Uh, by I know Timo Yama's in like Riverside, right? Is that where you live? Well, Timo Yama is in Irvine, uh, and then and and it's very close to Anaheim. So there's a, there's a cart in there. So yeah, I hope I'm finding there soon. But 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 you moved your whole family to uh, Irvine. Oh yeah, I I came for the first uh, eight months by myself to train to get a fight and get some money to bring them. Uh, and then he, he, here we are, two, uh, three years later. My whole family is here. Uh, we already came here, and now I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I, I always take my shit together and, uh, and do things right, because without that, I would be right now in Ecuador doing nothing, so... Now, now was I, it, was was it hard for your was, was it hard for your kids to learn English and uh, kind of adapt to the kids? That, I know Orange County kids could be kind of dicks sometimes. Um, yeah, but if you taught your kids good attitudes and good values, uh, doesn't matter where we go. They know they understand that kids sometimes are very fucked up. Uh, <laughs> and actually, my own kids, you know, sometimes they say things they shouldn't say, but it is what it is. You have to do the best as a parent to. Let them know like like things like bully or whatever like that is bad and and just just start give values because uh, because at the end of the day uh, doesn't matter where you grow up it is is what uh, you get taught and my parents always show me the good the good stuff so that's why I grew up good and my kids are growing also growing up good that's amazing and then what uh, now what what does your wife do for a job does she does she work um, she don't work, but she just get uh, her degree as a health coach. Uh, but basically, she's my she's my she's the one who keep everything together in my life. So if, if I'm good, I fight good. We all do. So she have a real job, but three kids yeah. along in the U.S. That's that's enough. That's, tough. that's enough. And then and, uh, where did you guys meet? Sorry. Where did you and your wife meet? What we meet? Yeah. No, where did you guys meet? Uh, like, where did you meet your wife? I don't understand that. that, that like, word. like, no, like you and your wife. Did you meet her at a club or at a bar or online? Did you meet her at the mall? Oh, where, oh, where, where, where we meet? Uh, um, at school. Uh, we were like fucking ten years old. <laughs> really? You've been together since you were ten? Yeah. You guys we're were together since 
since 14 years old. Wow. That's good Good for you. Good for you. Good for Bora, huh? Yeah, of course. You got to stick with her now because now she's with you when she was 14. Now, does she go, now when you go home and people see you on billboards, it's got to be hard. Like, women are always probably coming up to you and like, hey, you know, wanna look at my titties and my ass. D- does, she, <laughs> does she fight them off uh, or does she bring them home with you guys? What do you guys do? Uh, no, we don't do that, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, stay away from that. That's but, good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, 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 we, have a, we have a fun life. We, we enjoy everything and we know each other too much. Good. I like that. This is a great story. I had no idea. Look at you. You're paying for your kid who was sick. You're in the UFC. You're winning all your fights. You're knocking people out. You got a hot wife who's a health coach. You know, you're loyal. You're a faithful guy. Look at you. You're killing oh, yeah. it. You're killing oh, the yeah. game. Life is good, bro. You're killing the game. This is good. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to do my best, bro. And I just fucking, I just fucking love to achieve goals, you know. Um, I was listening to Tyson Fury say things like, Without gold, he get loose, and I'm like that. When I don't have a fight, I don't fight myself because I like to be ready, ready. But you cannot be ready uh, year round because it's hard to be 100 percent all the time. It's just not healthy. Yeah. Uh, but I just like to have goals, and I have to like stuff in front of me to fucking crush them. Good for you, man. I like it. I like it. Well, listen, Chido Vera, keep doing your thing, man. I can't wait for your next fight. You want to fight on the uh, December twenty, uh, the January twenty fourth card, twenty sixth card. Uh, that's uh, the same card as TJ Dillashaw uh, versus uh, Henry Cejudo. Uh, ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler is on that card, uh, and then hopefully you're on that card. So uh, uh, yeah, I will try to be there. Uh, well, thanks, Chido. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Anytime. All right, that was Chido Vera. There you go. There you go. It's a good dude right there. Yeah. Anything you want to plug or promote? Let's see, coming up uh, December 12th through the 16th, I will be in Vegas at the Stratosphere. Nice. And then, um, let me see, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, I'll be at the El Paso Comic Strip. Nice. And uh, I'm doing a private run in Miami on the 19th, and I feel like there's something else in there that I can't remember. But that's what's going on. And you have a podcast, right? Yeah, I have my podcast, Fantasy Football Harsh Reality. If you guys are into fantasy football... Check it out. I believe it's on iTunes now and on uh, SoundCloud is my initial spot. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram or you know Facebook. I'm always posting the links. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Oh, and if you follow my YouTube, you actually can see the live video replay that I put up there because I actually broadcast it on Facebook Live so I can have people chime in and I can answer their questions. And then uh, I post the video of that on YouTube. Nice. Uh, December 24th through the 30th, I will be at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas like you. Oh, wait a minute. One more thing. Sorry, man. Uh, New Year's Eve, I'll be at the Admiralty Theater just outside of Seattle. Nice. Pretty easy. Uh, December, no, November 30th, I'm at the Dirty at 30 at the South Point Casino. Dirty at 12. Dirty at 12.30, right. Uh, and then January, mid-January, January 24th, that weekend, uh, I think that's the weekend, I will be at, um, I will be in uh, Portland, Oregon at Harvey's Comedy Club, Portland, Oregon. Well, thank you guys so much. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Oh, also, if you're on, if you if you shop on Amazon, go to AdamHunter.com first, and then get whatever you want off Amazon. Mm-hmm.